And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm James. Go, go. <laughs> That's a new one. A turkey now. You're, oh, you're a Well, it is. Thanks. Uh, it's November. So. Is turkey more gobble, gobble? Gobble, gobble. There we go. That was actually a pretty good turkey. Real quick before we get anything, James. Brent, I'm, I mean, yeah. I guess we rode this weekend. Yeah, we did. Chris Country did ride. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Wait, should we say that now? Because they no, we need to release some outtakes of, oh, of Brent trying different inflections. Yeah. <laughs> let's ride. I feel like I just need to say Chris Country. Let's ride. Chris Country. Let's ride. We're one and zero. One and zero. We're putting it out there for the world now. J Man, um, <laughs> what what did you think of the game? I fell asleep. He, I saw this, this picture. This kid fell asleep in the second quarter. Quarter or and half? like a power nap. Quarter. No, second quarter, power nap. Hey. Woke up right before halftime, said, no, can we get pizza? It was in halftime. In halftime. It was like 10 minutes. Got him pizza, completely fired up for the second half. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> hey, I well saw the scoring but, 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 in the first half. I was going to say, we were up like 24 to nothing before he fell asleep, so... Making a rally like that on a Saturday Saturday evening is going to serve you well in your adult life. Your college life. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, was this, Mike. Was this before? Just talking about the benefits of power nap. Was this or before rally. or after uh, the just absolute pure ecstasy and bliss of a photo uh, with you guys and Monty? Uh, before or no, after. After, yeah, I think so. Dude, that photo's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is Monty just walking through the aisle? Yeah. He came He came to our aisle when the Grizz were at like the three. And then it was the drive where the Grizz had two calls that the refs called them down on like the one inch yard uh, line. Man, I was right in front of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Right there in the north end zone. Mm-hmm. And man. then he silly sprayed me. I was going to say, there's some silly, there's some silly, silly spray. Okay. Uh, Monty's kind of goofy, huh? Mm-hmm. But then we got a photo with him. Yeah. We should have gotten mom in that photo. It was her birthday. <laughs> so we it's not. got a birthday fireworks. Is that going to be the Christmas card photo? <clears throat> no. Did no, mom didn't make it. Says she got her birthday fireworks <laughs> while we were in the line trying to get in in the stadium. But the fireworks no. went off. Oh, she I guess got, we were in there by the time yeah. they came out of the tunnel. So Man. you're right. That line was long. They got to figure out these lines. That's a totally different discussion. Yeah. It was bad. But anyway, um, what about the game itself? I'm good. What was Just your good. What was your favorite part? Daniel Boy. Oh, <laughs> oh, so Are you baiting I'm your father? So proud of you right now. <laughs> okay, that's one. I like seeing him. I have a text on mentions from him, and I said over and under. That's one. My uh, wife um, might have been guns. trolling James and I during the game, but huh? um, <laughs> she brought up. Um, Oh, yeah. like, maybe in the second half, she's like, when are they going to put Daniel Britt in? And I was like, that's a really good question. And then, oh, you're making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> but James was there. We cheered loud when he came in, didn't we? Yeah. Um, he's kind of fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're as fast as Daniel Britt. Close. still think I'm faster than Chris Brown. Jack oh is faster than Chris Brown. Your buddy Jack is and definitely Bailey. faster than Chris Brown. <laughs> and Bailey. I think Chris Brown has maybe a stride that you guys can't keep up with. Maybe you got him at like five yards, but I think he's. I think he might have you. If, if any of your, your basketball team's dads are listening, I, I want them to let me know if they think that Barrett and Jack are faster than 
Chris Brown or oh, Daniel Britt? Quick answer, they are. <laughs> Not Daniel Britt, Chris Brown. All right, throwing down here. <laughs> Barrett has a chance against Daniel Britt. Can we, like, with Jack. can we turn this into a fundraiser? Like, <laughs> I want to see Chris Brown race a bunch of... <laughs> a bunch of fourth grade? Fundraiser! <laughs> raise $10,000! No, a lot faster than we realize. He's just not oh, like fast at that level fast. Like He's definitely faster than me. I would just love to see it. Like, He'd be really serious about it. Like, I'm faster than any fourth grader, any fifth grader. <laughs> I can tell you guys one thing. Chris Brown has a better arm than any of you will ever have. Indeed. I mean, he he throws the prettiest deep ball on the team. What about Bo? I've never seen Bo throw that deep. He is in fourth grade. <laughs> Chris Brown's arm strength is probably slightly better than a fourth grader. Or tremendously better. I'm saying Chris Brown well, as an adult and you as an adult. And he's, <laughs> like, he's, got a, he's got a good arm. Great. When I was a senior, <laughs> Shelby got a new head coach. And he was had... Before they went down to six man or... Uh, well before <laughs> I was securely an 11 man football player, Michael. <laughs> but this new head coach, my senior year, he, uh, him and his family moved to Shelby and he had a son who was 10 and he had a better arm than all of the high schoolers. <laughs> and he ended up like getting recruited to try to like, I think he's going to prefer walk on to the Grizz. Oh. Um, he was like Trent McKinney's age okay. in that class, and he ended up not coming to college for a little bit and played at Rocky. Huh. Um, but that dude could sling it. And as a 10-year-old, I just remember being like, oh, dear God, you threw a better <laughs> better spiral than our starting quarterback. That's like, oh my who gosh. are you? <laughs> How far could he throw it? He could throw like 40 yards as like a 10-year-old like a, like with like a big football, like a high school football. It was incredible. James, get back to the game real quick here, circling back. Um, what do you think of Nick Osmo? Good, good, good. Did you know that he rushed for over 200 yards? Yeah. What is it, the sixth highest total in like program that. history? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Grizzlies also set a record for the most, most first downs. downs with 37, I think That's it was. Right. I'm pretty sure that they beat a record that they set losing to Eastern Washington and Mick Delaney's first year. Oh. I was at that game. Is that that road game? Yeah. yeah. It was rainy at the Inferno. I would have assumed it was in was the Stid Was Cooper Cup playing? Right? You would think. Maybe of if, the so emphasis maybe, of all the plays. Maybe there's a Stid era that broke it. And we, uh, yeah. Was Cooper Cup? Uh, Cooper Cup was, I believe, playing then. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he would have been. So that there. explains why we lost. Oh, yeah. Well, there were some or Mick Delaney, but yeah. Other factors. Um. Who? Sorry, let's Mike. see. What what else do we want to know from you? I know. All right. What else do you want to tell us? Did you do anything fun at school this week? No. <laughs> Apparently not. Nothing fun? No. Any Thanksgiving plans? No. Well, Arizona. Oh. I mean, that's a plan. <laughs> so, Yes. <laughs> The answer is yes. Yeah. Like, what thing in your life raises to the level of it being a thing? A ting. So, a ting? I, I don't. I don't have an answer for that one. Um, my wife <clears throat> and our two kids have tickets to Arizona for Thanksgiving, going for the week. And there's one problem. 
We're um, leaving the day after Montana plays Montana State. Yeah, so James is now saying that he'll he'd be willing to go to Montana State and then drive home after. And I'm thinking, well, you're not going to do the driving. <laughs> that is not where I was going with the story, though. Um, my wife's sister lives in Arizona. Good place to stay. It's fun to go. They they often like to go down to the Thanksgiving, but have I have trouble pool. committing because I always want to wait and see how the Grizz season's going to go. Are and they have, have a, a cat. Are we going to have a home playoff game during Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'll do the, the short answer for you. No, but, we won't. Um, so when we went on this losing streak, it really screwed things up for me because I still haven't bought a plane ticket because I'm trying to figure out, you know, do I need to come back on Friday to get here for Saturday? Yeah. And they are expensive. This is this is a problem. Pod dog junior. He's here and ready. <laughs> Very ready. So um, long story short, we're gonna need Brent to figure out at the end of the pod um, what the probabilities are gotcha. of playing on Thanksgiving weekend or not. And then we're probably gonna need to find out what Grizz fan pod fan is gonna host me for Thanksgiving dinner if I can't make it to Arizona. You or just or you and James that could totally change. Well, see, this is part of the problem. James's <laughs> ticket is through Monday, like the Monday. Oh. So yeah, if there's a game, I got to find a way to get down there and get him back on Friday. Let's see what Uber tells us, James. Um, Uber. Mom is sitting in the kitchen, just kind of smirking, like she doesn't see this as as big of a priority or problem as I do. <laughs> I think she agrees with me with the short answer. Love you. <laughs> so we found out what your Halloween jersey was. I wore it on Halloween. Yeah. And now it's sitting on the washing machine. Did you get a number eight jersey? No. no. Uh, Stacy got me a Joe Montana jersey to match, or to go with James's Brandon Ayuk jersey. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it was a surprise. I would have went with Jeff Garcia. <laughs> hey, you didn't get to meet him. <laughs> That's true. James has met Jeff Garcia. I have not. Oh. Um, all right. Gonna meet him uh, any any user or any listener questions out there for James? We have one. Yeah. But James, um, this comes from Everett. The last couple of weeks, he's asked the question, but he asked it like mid-recording. But uh, this question, maybe we should have prepped you on. Do you have a prediction where both the Grizz basketball and Lady Grizz basketball teams are going to finish in the conference. Have you done any research on them yet? Um, well, I was looking at their schedule yeah. today. What do you I think? I was bored. Yeah. And it was when we were at dinner. He dragged me there. Where'd you go? We, we went and had a campaign strategy dinner. Wonderful. On the campaign team. Yeah. He doesn't really like those, but I mean... Told me he's gonna, she's gonna eat dinner. Out. That's the <laughs> fifth time in seven weeks. Every other Sunday night. So, what do you think? So, you did some research. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I let's just check this. So, the on the men's side, the Bobcats are predicted as a preseason favorite, right? And the Grizz are third behind Northern Colorado. And well, the media is, polls. Is same Sac way. State still in the conference or no? They are. But they're predicted kind of middle of the pack. Sacramento oh, yeah. State for basketball is sixth in the I forgot both they polls. lost nine players. Yeah. I didn't know they lost that many either. Yeah. You... Nine seniors last year. Seriously? Mm hmm. 
So Lady Grizz play tomorrow, right? Yeah, they play North Dakota State. The men play two days from now hmm. in Duquesne. Here? In Missoula? In, no, the, the men play away, right? Yeah, and they the play in play Duquesne. Here. And then the men also play... Um, Is it South Dakota State? No. No? All right. Made that so up. what do you think? You think our guys got a chance to win it? <clears throat> I'd say that he's that the preseason would probably be right, putting them at either three or four, honestly. Okay. Because there's always that one team that just comes out of nowhere in the big sky mm. and just wins a lot of games. Yep, yep. So on the women's side, yes. nope, that's 21 to 22. Man, thanks, Google. Um, I like how it pulls up last year's before it pulls up this year's. Because I felt like, didn't the Lady Grizz get kind of like a pretty good, oh my goodness. <laughs> Weren't they picked second? Second or something? I feel like they had a pretty high. No. Oh my gosh. For this year? Come on, Google. I don't think they're going to be second. You don't think, you think Lady Grizz got some problems? Okay, so 22-23 uh, women's basketball coaches poll. MSU won, Montana 2, Idaho very close with 62 points. At threes and NAU is at sixty, so you got this kind of cluster. Montana, Idaho, and NAU are kind of in that two, three, yeah. four. And media's Idaho and NAU are flipped, but media also has Lady Grizz at two. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think that not feeling uh, it. Um, Idaho is probably gonna pull like one upset um here. Like, they have the same exact record, and Idaho pulls off an upset in Dahlberg Arena. Oh, okay. Dang. That's pretty specific predictions. I like it, James. You, you say it with the level of certainty that kind of makes me want to, like, follow your gambling advice. <laughs> Tubbs of the Club is going to have you on for the Vandal Week, so there we go. Um, all right, buddy. Do you want to pick some games? Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting one. Sacramento State goes to Portland State on Friday. Short week. What do you think? Sac State. Right. Is that because the high school team that is actually runs that stadium <laughs> has a game on Saturday? Or, or is it homecoming? Yeah. They have a day in playoffs. Okay, how many big Sadie sky Hawk, teams play Hawkins. in a high school stadium? One. One. Portland State. Yeah. Portland State. So they can't afford their own stadium. Well, they've never had their own stadium. They so, have, yes. Yeah, that's an accurate statement. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the short answer is yes. Okay. Um, NAU, who almost beat the Cats, go to Northern Colorado, who has almost beat nobody for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God that McCaffrey kid is playing a QB or they'd thank really God. be getting blown They'd be out. in big trouble if they didn't have McCaffrey. NAU is 3-6. and six. They are in Greeley, Colorado. Weather, 50 degrees, so it's not going to be gross. Luckies. What do you think? NIU. Okay. Idaho State, who apparently is not going to have a roster next year, goes to Weber State. (laughs) Yeah, more on that. We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) Weber. Weber. Um, The Bobcats go to Cal Poly. The Bobcats. Yeah, smart. But I bet you they don't shut them out or score 57. Oof. They might. Um, 
UC Davis goes to Idaho. UC Davis playoff lives are on the line. UC Davis one has came out of nowhere. They their first six games they were like two and four. They were now all of a sudden they're coming back. They're five, as and, five four. and four. Team as blowing out Northern Colorado. And their last two games are Idaho and Sac. If they win those two, they're going to be seven and four with two top twenty-five wins. Arguably, their their two hardest games on the schedule outside of the Weber State. And Weber State, State earlier, games, which yeah. they lost. Yeah, and they lost to MSU and they lost to <clears throat> Weber. Um. Well, if they beat, I don't think that they could make the playoffs because I, I don't think that one of those, both of those teams are losing, especially since Pac, Sac State's going to be probably risking their undefeated season. Good point. So what do you think? But, Davis at Idaho. I'm going to say Davis. Oh, well, Tubbs and the club just canceled you. No. They're going to have you on for basketball. Now they're out. All that right, would last... be the ultimate Idaho thing to do. <laughs> last one, Eastern Washington at Montana. Montana. All right. Love it. One o'clock kickoff. You've been pretty good with the picks, James. I wish we never record them. We always have intentions yeah. to like do a running record. We have intentions to do lots of things. The last two off seasons, we've told people we're going to interview all these people. And then we're we're going to do a live show. We're going to do this. Listen, we're a free outfit, and we don't have a producer. I think we need to lean into that more. <laughs> Remind people, you know, this is a free product. <laughs> James, you got anything else for us? No. All right. Love you, buddy. Keep playing Retro Bowl till bed. Okay. And brush your teeth. Okay. And he's out. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was going to later remind people the basketball starts, so I'm glad we touched on that. Hey! I think the the men's team is going to be so much better this year. I think, both are, players. I think both are going to be entertaining. Yeah. I think they are going to be able to dog last year's team, if you could like hypothetically play them. Right. We didn't get a lot out of the dudes we lost. Well, I've heard, I haven't gotten any practices, but I've heard from people who've watched a few practices that their offense is going to be improved. Yeah. And that was very much a necessity. Yeah. Hope so. And they're bigger. They're much bigger this year. Helps. Absolutely mm-hmm. helps. I like how his comments, hope so. Helps. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't like, look, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah, like sure. the best <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's talk about the football game. Right. Let's talk about it. So game. I want to put the caveat out there for our listeners. Before we talk about anything, we are aware this is O and six in conference and one and, one and eight Cal Poly. Yes, um, the Grizz in any iteration of their football team in the last thirty years would have been favored to win this game and should have won this game. Yeah, we would have won this game with um, McKenna Simmons, the tight end version, playing QB. Like uh, so. Everything we're going to discuss, like we understand the lens with which we're looking at it. Yes. That being said, it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick, I was going to draw the comparison that for all you Carol Saints fans out there, this is what it would have been like if the best Van Deest era Carol team would have played the Grizz. Oh, my God. What is Cal Cal Poly a good NAIA team? Oh, probably. Oh. 
Absolutely. They're a good Absolutely. they're a good NAIA team. Absolutely. Declarative sentence. Yes. They are barely enough. So we know where Luke falls on this, and yes, we're going to clip this and put this out on Twitter. <laughs> They're barely an FCS team. There we go. And I am frankly a little disappointed Notes. in Bo Baldwin uh, for putting Oof. out this product. I, you know, I was talking to Coulter about this this afternoon. I went and had some beers with him and watched football, um, and I told him that I thought I was expecting Bo Baldwin to keep the, that. Cal Poly team below average for three years while he rebuilt it. Yeah. And then be right in the thick of things. I did not expect the rebuild to be like this bad. You know, one thing, a slight caveat you have to give to Cal Poly is they have offensively have been pretty decimated by injury. Um, not that that is greatest excuse because some of these guys like Brash, the quarterback in six of his starts was averaging over 300 yards of offense, a passing and he had 150 against us. So it's like we shut down even the guys that were putting up good numbers before, but they are on their fourth or fifth string running back. They've lost a couple wide receivers. They've lost two thirds of their O-line. They're on their backup QB. They've had some problems. Um, that said though, I mean, they're a, they're a bad football team. Bad, bad team. But damn it, it was so fun. Oh, God, it was <laughs> um, Snow game, first of all. Oh, it man. It was great, you know. Um, I definitely underdressed. My wife was right. <clears throat> we had to oh, buy some Grizz gloves not. from the stand. <laughs> they they got gotcha. you. Um, but, man, it was fun. Like, uh-huh. you know, I, but, you know, we give all the caveats, but at the same time, the Grizz... Of the last, I don't know, decade, very rarely dominate teams even when they're supposed to. Like, that's just not been, yeah. you know, it's, uh, we were joking about Deshaun Washington coming up, and I was like, it's going to be 24-7, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. We, yeah. we should dominate that defense, and it's not, because, so, like, for them to be willing to be aggressive and put up the points and do this, I mean, it, it's good for confidence, and it's good that a lot of people got reps, I mean, probably everybody who dressed just about, frankly. I, mean, I would think so. Janet Caro was carrying the ball. I mean, Childs had two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of guys we on had defense. five running backs get the ball, right? Yeah, we yeah. had a lot of guys on defense putting up stats that Houston and um, Klusiewicz and some of these other guys that, you know, their guys, their names we'll see in years ahead more predominantly um, playing the whole second half. Um uh, I, I, they were consistent, 14 points in the first, 17 in the second, 13 in the third, 13 in the fourth. Had a missed field goal, right? Uh, no, two missed extra two points. Two missed extra points. They hit, one, hit the upright and then just absolutely blasted one to the right. Um, so that kicking game continues. Those be, were late, but yeah. I mean, that's the worst kicking performance of the season. I mean, like, we like not that yeah, game, like the season as a whole. Like, we just they need to get that figured kicking, out. So yeah, that's frustrating. yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> there were some things about the play calling in my mind that translate beyond just the opponent. They threw the ball down the field a lot more. And obviously, Lucas Johnson being back was a huge factor, you know, because you can just you can just tell that whatever it is, I'm not going to buy that he knows the offense better than the other guys because, frankly, both Brown and Britt have been in the offense longer than Johnson. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> but I mean, he's been running it this year and, and has more real playing time in it than them. Right. But I mean, it was obvious that he could make the checks, that he could do some things. He knew where to go with the ball. But he threw the ball downfield a lot more even than he has. Right. And we need that for our offense to work. It was really apparent. He's just so much more decisive. Uh, it, with the, I want to put it out there too. You know, I don't think he was really concerned about getting like an intense rush, <laughs> like a lot of pressure in his no, mug. No. But he made, you know, quick, decisive decisions and threw to the right guy. Like it was so, such a smoother operation. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if that's play calling. His checks, maybe a combination of both. But if you had to dial up, like, after a three-game three skid, if you had to dial up a checklist of everything you'd want to see from this team <laughs> to give you hope that they are going to perform in two weekends' time. Yeah. Right? Like, the first it's – a, it's a two-part check sheet, ch- checklist. Part two is going to be next – Saturday. Right. But part one was <laughs> great uh great down the field play, right? Dominant rushing game. Yep. And suffocating defense. Right. Check, check, check. Yep. And that was I mean, we talked about this last week where I said I just want to see like slight improvements. I don't need a perfect game. This wasn't a perfect game, but it was a pretty damn strong one. I mean, this type of performance is a real hard to beat one. And yeah, like you said, Mike. And, and defense was great shutout, even without Patrick O'Connell. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Well, that's probably a team that was averaging over 300 yards passing a game, passed for 150. Half their production. Yeah. So. Defense really, really held them held yeah. them in check because they yeah. didn't run for much of anything. Yeah. Now, I, but I think your guys' point's right. Like, I mean, Lucas Johnson at quarterback is like the catalyst, right? Like, like. Everything goes, everything just works so much better with him. And you saw so many examples of it. What was fascinating to me was Lucas did not have to run very much. Yes, it's maybe against a bad Cal Poly defense, so he didn't really need to. But you saw he was not sacked at all the whole game. But you saw a lot of situations like the Xavier Harris touchdown and other ones where he was using his mobility to move, get away from pressure. Sometimes, like the Harris touchdown was getting out of the pocket even but still keeping an eye on the target, which is just something that we've not, we haven't seen from Chris Brown this year. And granted, Britt hasn't really had those type of situations, uh, opportunities to do that. So we just haven't seen it from any other quarterback, but uh, just Johnson's ability to do that, I think is makes it such a difference um, between him and the other QBs. And it, it just really made things work really well. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is like, Johnson's not the world's greatest passer. Like, he is definitely a QB that he runs himself into good passing situations, if that makes sense, because he's a threat to run. Um, You know, he was behind a few guys on throws that were wide open, like one to to Fonts and one to Flowers early in the game. Flowers had a drop at the goal line. Probably should have caught it, but they were behind him, like a little better throwing. And some of those fades should have been a little more lead. But, yeah. And that's fine. But the point is, like, you still have to be a threat to do it. Because that's why, like, during the um, Weber game, like I told Luke in the second half, like, we need to throw the ball downfield even if it's not complete. We just need we need this defense to know that we're going to do this. And that's why I was glad to see them actually chuck it. 
because yeah. Oh, yeah. they need teams need to know that they're willing to do that. Right. Because it opens up all that underneath stuff. Because otherwise, safeties creep up, cornerbacks creep up, and all of our screens and all of our stuff, it's just easier to read. I think what he had four deep shots in the first half, I don't think he connected on any of them. He definitely had like a back-to-back to Roberts. There, right? there was like two end zone fades in front of the students that didn't work. Mm-hmm. There's one down the other sideline. The Simpsons in touchdown of, was in the third. In the third. third. That one worked. Yeah. But but again, yeah, just that, just that like, hey, no, it's here. Yep, no, exactly. we're going to do it. Yeah. And then it worked. Like it didn't work, and then it did. And the Fonts one, I mean, it would have been an amazing catch, but if he had held on to the ball, he probably got a foot in. That's right, yeah. Fonts had one that was contested. Yeah, and I but, don't even think he called it a drop because it, it would have been an amazing catch. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Now, I'm, having Lucas just – it just reaffirms what we've seen this whole season. It's 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 just totally a different game out there with this offense. With with him in. Do you guys do you guys get the sense that the team plays differently b- behind him or is it just he's making plays? I think the team definitely plays differently behind him and I think this is human nature. Like confidence breeds confidence and when you've got your guy out there that you know has the ability to move the ball enough that the defense is going to keep you in every game, I definitely think that makes a difference. There's also, and I, I mean, like, we'd like to say we're better than this, but as humans, like, if you are a wide receiver, right, and you have no faith that you're going to get the ball, you start to not sell your your route. Sure. You know, your body language for some people, not all of them. Like, yeah. I could never imagine, like, Ben Roberts – or, or a font even, you know, doing this. But, um, you know, if you don't believe in the person who's throwing the ball, that's a problem. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, my observations of the game, maybe, I thought they left Johnson in too long. Like, I was oh, thinking, we know. Like, oh, my God, we're going to... tweeted about it. Yeah. We, <laughs> that was the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife was like, why is your watch keep buzzing? <laughs> I was like, Mike's tweeting from the pod. <laughs> Maybe you should take some more uh, photos of the game day environment and yes. share them on the pod account, you know? <laughs> Make our listeners happy, Brent. Um, That's what I'm here for. But no, I mean, it's a snowy game. Like, it's not the best of conditions. Yeah. Like, I almost want to play them the second half, but I get the whole come out of this, come out, do a series when it got to the next series and he was still in i was thinking like what are we doing i feel like he played like three or four into the fourth into the third quarter didn't it was at least two i know that do you guys think any part of of keeping him in and getting you know dropping a 50 burger on him was bobby being like hey don't forget about the grizz like we're on a three-game skid Yes, because but it all is, now f- it fixes all the things that fans have been bitching about. So Bobby can say, "Look, we just set records that this place has never seen on offense, so our offense is fine." Yeah, and maybe it is. No, with Johnson, no, no, no. maybe it is. That play calling was better and more diverse than almost any play calling we've done all year. Like, well, isn't that a fix then? It's a step in the right it's direction. A step in the right direction. Yeah. Who called plays this week? Well, who? I don't. We know. don't know. Yeah, we don't know. What's is there something out there you think that is wrong with our offense that they can't fix, 
Or do you think it's all things that they can fix with play calling? Well, I mean, I think that every year there are strengths and weaknesses of every team and every unit. Yeah. But I definitely think that play calling that's, that's more diverse puts your playmakers in position to win. And I felt like we did more of that. Absolutely. Like, we had, some more, we had more creative play calling than, even in our run game than we have in a while. Uh, yeah, like. for sure. Yeah. And someone listening to me like, we ran the exact same run plays, and maybe you're right. But the way things were set up, and granted, bad team. So who knows, and everything looks better. So they pulled Johnson. And they go to Brown. Played two series in the third. They go to Brown because, you know, he's the number two, and they're on the depth chart for a reason. Oh, like God. He allegedly took 30% of snaps, right? Yeah. In practice. That's the way, that's the way it works. <laughs> uh, and Brown looked fine. You know, didn't, yeah. didn't no attempt to pass. Um, he had, like, one long run, right, to get a first down. Well, one six No, yard. yeah, he didn't get a first down off. But, I, yeah, um, it's a great run. Good speed. And otherwise, he handed the ball off a bunch to um, Osmo, who, you know, dude, put up over 200 yards on the ground and had another 40 in the air, right? Yeah. Now, I've, I've been an Osmo fan. I did not see this game coming from him. Well, I mean, you had a couple things. I mean, we saw Marcus Knight leave and not return. Uh, there was a tweet from his dad that, you know, slight injury, but he'll be fine. That's good to hear. It's very good to hear. But uh, but then it just turned to the Osmo show. Twenty six touches, rushing the ball, two hundred twenty one yards, and then yeah, Mike, what do you have? He was had two catches for thirty nine yards. His thirty nine yards makes him the second highest output of receiving yards in the game. Great, we had a lot of guys catching passes, but um, but yeah, Osmo. It's kind of funny because we've not really seen this from a Hauk team the second time around, but that really felt like we're in this text chain that like got Coulter uh, all mad at us. But this like it felt like a, a Chase Reynolds situation where it was like Osmo is the workhorse in the second half, mm-hmm. and he's just going to completely smash Cal Poly's face into the ground. Run and that's what he run did. Run after run after run. Like his longest run was like 30 yards, 33 yeah. yards. 33. It's just like consistently gashing him. Yeah, and it's, I don't think UM keeps stats on this, but I would be fascinated to see what his yards after first contact were because there was a lot of times one or two yards up the field. He had one or two poly defenders like on him. Yeah, the tackle yeah. was atrocious. And just bounce, 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 <laughs> and then out he goes. It was But it's wild. fun to see. And it's like, oh, it was you great. Know, he's a sophomore. He's got two years left. Like, he could absolutely grow into that role of, you know, being being that guy in this offense. I don't think that he's ever going to be Chase Reynolds. I don't think he's ever going to get the ball enough to be Chase Reynolds. So calm down, Coulter. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I think he can be a good complement to. Um, you know, a little bit more of a speed back because that's the role he's played, and I think that I think we've we've shown that that can be good. Well, and we and we see Isaiah Childs come in. He he breaks a long one. Yep, eight for seventy. Forty-three. Eight for seventy-two touchdowns. Yeah. Eight point eight yards a carry. I am super interested to see what we get out of Marcus next week. Yeah. Um, and and not because I think we need Marcus next week per se. No. Um. I think we're going to handle Eastern. But we, I do think, need Marcus healthy for the Cat Grizz game. Because it's going to be a physical game. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to need two backs, Osmo and Knight, who can, like, handle. Punish. Punish. Yeah. You know, get downfield, lower their pads, 
um, and be tough like that. And that's that's the profile Marcus Knight is. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> bless up, Marcus Knight. Oh Hope to see you well and healthy next next week. Yeah, hope, hopefully nothing major out of him. Yeah, because that was like he had had a couple series early that <clears throat> looked okay but not great. And then that series where he left, I think it was two runs in a row, and the one where he kind of came off is just like – Marcus is a little bit bigger. This I, what they talked about. That was the article. What? How many? How much did he add? Twenty in muscle or something? I feel like twenty. Yeah. And so it's like he's kind of moved from the guy that like we see Xavier Harris as now, right? To a little bit more of the Osmo kind of the blend hybrid where there's a mix of there's more power to his game than there used to be. Maybe it's the best way. It just felt like he was running well, and then leaves the field and we don't see him again. So hopefully a precaution. Um and we see him soon. But that I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit. Eastern Washington has the absolute worst rush defense in the conference. So um <clears throat> that'll be the so interesting could, debate. Soon could be next week. That'll be the interesting debate. Like if Marcus Knight is hundred percent or eighty percent, do you give him a few just to make sure he just kind of, you know, stays in it or do you just rest him up knowing you need him him well, and Nick full speed for the cat game more than you need him for Eastern. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And that's what I was wondering if they did with O'Connell because in oh, Weber, yeah. like they looked like they taped him and he was running up and down the sidelines yeah. and he just didn't come in again. And so seeing him be ambulant down in Ogden, I was like, oh, he'll for sure play this week yeah. against Cal Poly. But perhaps they just said, all right, Mr. O'Connell. <laughs> We don't we don't need you that bad. Right. And like the hindsight on O'Connell is like you did not need Pat O'Connell at all to win that game. Right? I just wanted to like get one sack and then pull him. Yeah, that's I mean That's the only thing I was thinking. The picture is bigger than him winning the Buck Buchanan, but like him missing a game and losing some of those abilities on stats. Because there was a lot of situations where <clears throat> that poly quarterback was pressured. Grant, he was sacked three times. Had a couple of tackles for a loss. But there was other plays where he threw the ball away because he was as fast as a Grizz defender chasing him. And I think Pat O'Connell catches him in some of those situations. I think if O'Connell played, a healthy O'Connell played, he probably has two or more sacks in that game. And you, we guys have I all think. played Madden. If he's your, you know, if, if you're in the running to have the defensive MVP, <laughs> like you're going to play him to get a stat and sit him. Yeah, but you know this team. And like, I know this isn't yeah, Madden, it's, right? It's not <laughs> but you, I know exactly what you're talking about. Get him a sack and interception in the first quarter and sit him. <laughs> sit him. Um, um, speaking of running backs a little bit and, and who's there and who's not, so we're at the point in the season, two regular two regular season games left. Yeah. Then hopefully playoffs. Yep. There's a lot of true freshmen that could play and save their red shirts, right? Yes. And we really haven't played any true freshmen. Which not is at all. What Bobby prefers, and I, this is we've talked about this. Like, go listen to three weeks ago. Like, that's just not his style. Yeah. Um, that all being said, I would love to see them suit up Eli Gilman. Agreed. Um, Agreed. The kid from Minnesota that they were excited about. Yeah. And um, just see what he can do. You know, give him some live carries to carry over in the next year. Next week could be the week. This is the week, you, you know? know. And then if he looks good, suit him up for Cat Grizz too, just as a whatever. And yeah. then you don't use him in the early playoffs, and then you got two games left. It's true. That was a little, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no way this is not happening. A 
Yeah, because, I mean, Coulter Giancaro got, uh, what did he have? He had a handful of rushes, right? Six for 15. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw a little bit of Coulter last year, too. So, yeah, I don't know. Just saying. No, it'd be nice. It could be fun. Um, Now, amazing night for Nick Osmo, though. I I just, it's, it's, it's fascinating because... He seems like such a good kid too. Good kid. I love. I I was kind of bummed the video board cut away from him when they announced him as like player of the game or something, and mm-hmm. the team was like, they had him on the video screen, and it was like they played like the Ghostbusters theme song, and like guys are like <laughs> punching him in the shoulder, and he like gets up to wave at the thing, and it like cuts away. It's like, damn it. <laughs> um, well, it's but, probably strict Bobby rules yeah, right, not to do like, that. Cut the feet. Cut. They were doing a couple times where they had the players like they, the guys must have been bored up there too because there's <laughs> one and one of the D linemen was like doing his hair for right, that right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been a minute since you have seen such a dominant performance from a Grizz running back a single Grizz running back in the running game I can't remember I mean we've seen we saw from Dalton well I mean Sneed. there's only been six ever and right, like yeah. a couple of those were quarterbacks right that's yeah we saw from Dalton Sneed. But, I mean, you got to think back a little ways for just such a show from a running back. I mean, that was something. That, that was – and in the snow, in those conditions, yes, it was a terrible Cal Poly defense, a terrible Cal Poly team, but you still got to go out there and do it. It's not like Cal Poly was just, like, standing up letting him run. They were trying mm-hmm. poorly, but they were trying. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I know that – the the night just felt so cool, uh, you know. To, it did. I mean, that's. Yeah. And also, it was like it was really so hard fun. to see it. See, so you, you know, like right? sometimes, like, like it was just that, like with that heavy snow. Like I was having trouble seeing the other side of the field. And then Cal Poly's wearing whites, you know, so they're like blending into the background and like. So this is the crazy thing. So like, I mean, you guys, you've seen the video replays, Mike. I think you rewatched the game this morning, right? Oh uh, yeah, I mean. Like, you couldn't how, how see you know Cal Poly. Do you have, like, a, a, a cookie on my Apple uh, TV? Or yes, what? yeah, no. <laughs> how did you know that? James, James shoots me a note. Dad's watching the game. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you couldn't see Cal Poly on the TV. I was getting texts from people that were, from, from my buddies who were out of state who were watching. And they're like, you literally cannot see the Cal Poly players in the first quarter and then the it start was crazy. of the second half. Like, like, you could see their helmet. Like, it was just it was crazy. Weird. Um, but what, I mean, that was, that was what, I don't know. Just snow games are so fun, man. And it was, it was kind of like the week leading up to it. It was like a high wind warning and it was going to feel and like, boy, it was, was it like, even when we were setting up the tailgate, the winds were still they finishing up bad. And then, then they got, away. yeah, they went away, but then they picked back up. Yeah. I, I ran out quick to my tailgate at halftime and I noticed the back on my canopy was gone. I was like, where'd it go? And the guys that keep an eye on it were like, your canopy was trying to take flight. So we took the whole thing down. Um, but yeah, the winds were kind of off and on, but just like that kind of snow. I mean, it was super cool. It, it's just, it felt like, especially the first quarter and then right after halftime when yep. it got really heavy, it felt like you're in a snow globe. Oh yeah. Because it was just like, you look up, you look down, you look left, you look right, and it's just snow, and the light's reflecting off of it. It was, I I can only think of a handful of games where, like, snow was that heavy. The App State 09 playoff game, there was a San Diego, San Diego playoff, playoff game, game where, it, like, the first half was nice, and then the sky just opened up at halftime. But that was quick. Yep. And it was One a day like game. This. So, like, there was the App was a night game with snow. But I can't think of any other night game we had with snow that just kind of made it, just especially the light through the stadium and the snowflakes. It was 
It was so fun. I, I, I still, so fun. I still maintain that we should be doing more night games. Like they are fun. Yeah, you just feel the s- students were pumped up. Bobby like, hates night games. I know, but Move I don't on. care. Next. Yeah. Uh, there's a bigger marketing thing. So Bobby to get okay. paid needs a lot of fans All right, like so, coming. So the Grizz beat Cal Poly fifty seven to zero at a night game. If they beat Eastern Washington by a bigger margin with a one PM kickoff. I'm just kidding. I, don't know. I was like, where are you what going are you with <laughs> this? Um, prove that day games are better for the Grizz when it comes to prep. I'm just nah. um, I don't believe what I'm saying. It was a blast. It was so fun. So it was fun because so many people got in and other than speaking of people getting in, so Johnson Brown. Oh God! I'd like to say oh. we, we've been talking, talking about people getting into the stadium. We've been talking about <laughs> Brown got um, into the stadium. We've been talking about the Cal Poly Grizz game for at least fifteen minutes now. So I want all of you 30. to recognize that. No, it's hard to come up once. So you're, we, we're going to hit two on the over under. So yeah. we are we are just now in our game coverage going to talk about the one and only Daniel Britt. It's two. Um, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's a little little speedy guy running around the edge. Um, who knows if he'll be a passer or not? Because obviously he never plays in situations where they're really throwing the ball. But he is six for seven on the year. He was two for two last night, twenty one yards, six for seven, sixty six yards. Um, rushing six attempts, forty yards. He only mm-hmm. had one bad read where he probably should have handed it off and didn't. Yeah, yeah. but he's quick around the edge. Six point seven per rush. Yeah, great. And really. to, to me, like. Obviously, they talk about how much playing time a guy gets snaps-wise when you're throwing the depth chart and all like that. To me, he looks like a guy that we should have a package for against teams that struggle with running QBs. We saw this with Patterson last year. Yeah. And this is like, I think Britt's better than Patterson. I would agree. His ceiling's way higher. But, like, we, we, we used Patterson in games that were close, games that were mattered, not blowouts, the whole season long. And then the JMU game, we wanted to play him the whole half. It, it was um, it was fun to see, and it, it seemed like a lot of the, his teammates were genuinely happy for him. Like, after he's making plays and stuff like that, people are slapping his helmet. And at the end of the game, like, after his last kneel down, a bunch of the guys that were out there came up and were, like, you know, circling around him. Like, it seems like definitely with the younger guys, he's he's kind of a leader. Um, I, Mike, I legit can't evaluate him yet. Well, of course you can't evaluate him yet because we don't <laughs> put him in early enough. I yeah, I think that's true. I want to be really excited for Mr. Britt, but oh my gosh, I don't know. Well, I have no idea if he'll be a good QB or not. But I will say this. From what I saw against against the terrible backups of Cal Poly, I still don't understand why they didn't put him in at all in Weber State. Because the game before Tommy Mallott destroyed Weber State doing the same by stuff. doing the same stuff. Yeah. Running around the edge and being a threat to either throw it over the guy's head if he overcommits or taking off. And we weren't moving the ball at all. Like, to me, it's, it's borderline negligent that they didn't try him against Weber and we settled for that offense that had 114 yards and took an L. So I have no idea. Like he wouldn't. I have no idea if he'll ever be a good passer. But I do think in that moment he was the better of the two options. <laughs> I I wonder. You know, you're like, man. You use the word negligent. Damn, Michael. Not criminal though. Well, I thought that you guys might think that criminal was a little bit hyper hyperbolic. Um, if he doesn't get any snaps in the week, isn't it negligent to put him in? 
Yes. Honestly, they should give them some snaps then. Because <laughs> I, I just, like, you know, we, went, we rehashed this all last week. We do not need to do it again. I have been one of the biggest advocates for Chris Brown, but we now have a sample size on Chris Brown. We know what he does well, and we know what maybe the shortcomings of the offense are when he's in. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So anyway, it was fun to see Britt. And actually, his rollout and then his pass to, what was that, Brammer? Um, The tight end. Peyton Brammer? Was it Peyton Brammer? Did you catch one? Yeah, he did, right? That was kind of fun because it was that's exactly what it was. Like he's rolling out, yes. and the guy didn't know who to cover. Then he kind of lofted it over his head, and he made a good catch. Do you know who Britt's game sort of reminded me of? Dave Dickinson? I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> that was for Kyle Sample. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I do not think that. Can, pump we, the can we cut that? <laughs> So when he said Dave, Dave Dickinson, that's the end of the clip. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Oh, I like it when Mike gets really high on backup quarterbacks. <laughs> no, but you can't take if it we, out of context. If we Come slice on. it like, out of I'd context. Say enough ridiculous things on this pod, you can't take that out of context. <laughs> Did you know Mike wanted the backup goalkeeper in the women's soccer team to come in? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm just he started this rumor. The back, their goalkeeper's great. She's amazing. Don't no. pick on the goalkeeper. <laughs> the, it's the backup goal. It's like the backup goalkeeper the women's lost in a shootout. Like the best goalkeeper in the country. Yeah, we're keeping her in. Brit's it's obsessed a joke. It's a joke. I'm kidding. Terrible. It's a joke. I anyway, what were you saying? Um, <laughs> I was going to say that... Uh, that his game kind of reminded me a little bit of Hunter Hayes, the ISU quarterback, the sophomore. Oh. And you know, if we don't want to play, go there. If, That's an interesting move. If we don't want to play Brit, I don't know. Hmm. ISU's going to have some transfer quarterback situation or transfer player situations, maybe. <laughs> According to their coach, yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? I mean, why? why we're, I was going to reference it later, but why don't you bring it up now? Like, Wait, should we find the tweet? Oh, my God. What the hell was that about? <laughs> Is he trying to light a fire or something? Um, that's an interesting way to light a fire. I think that he's already lit the fire, and he's basically putting them on notice. You think like, it's burning down? There, 50 plus, you aren't going to be here next year. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, but that's crazy. But what was interesting is, like, I, I, when I saw that, I figured I'm going to follow Twitter a little bit on this topic. And there were some people close to the team, like, clearly a player parent of a younger player was like, absolutely. Like, they commented. And um, the Idaho State play-by-play guy liked it. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't watch Idaho State's games that much, but I wonder if they just quit. So, Charlie Regal... Made his coordinators cry at halftime, he claims. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find this direct quote. Where Okay. Uh, boy, it's hiding on me, right? Uh, he basically told the team, right, that the um, some of the guys won't be there because they're seniors and they're graduating, and the rest won't be there because they do not have a spot on the roster next year. Who? Who? I mean, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there on Twitter. Their beat writer um, put it out there. Call this quarterback mid. That's Did he really? Yes. I haven't read the whole. I, I'm like literally searching his name on Twitter, and his, all it is is his press conferences of him just decimating his roster. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Greg Woods covers the Idaho State team for the Idaho State Journal. Yeah. Um, and he quoted, ISU coach Charlie Ragel, some of the guys are going to be done because you're seniors. The rest of you are going to be done because you're not playing here anymore. Ooh, boy. Hey, we'll happily take Gullery. And if you got a lineman or two. I was going to say, if there are any linemen, even if it's just for depth. Hell yeah. Come on down. Come yeah. on down. <laughs> Give them a call. <laughs> just jump across. Right? Um, uh, this is a... This is a podcast. We're not recruiting. Oh, you. shit. Don't yeah, do anything illegal. No. <laughs> yeah, man. We have nothing to do with Greer's yeah. Athletics yeah. Or, or the media. <laughs> I'm just saying there's good educational offerings at a place that we love. Yeah. I'm talking about other great programs. Three individuals that hold degrees from the University of Montana. Yeah. You know, not multiple. It's not about sports, Luke. It's about it's about an education. Get an education. Student Athlete, student first. Student first. Uh, we've talked a lot about the offense. Um, defense, it was kind of a team effort. Yep. Uh, I I really loved the – Shutout, love that. The shutout was amazing. The intensity out of the defense. There's, there's kind of some fascinating points. Um, Cal Poly's receiver, Chris Coleman, leads the conference in yards. Uh, I don't. I I would absolutely not classify him as the best receiver, but statistically, uh, you know, yardage wise, he has the best. He had forty nine yards in the game. Ooh, yeah, he had a rough night. Uh, what was wildly entertaining to me as a fan uh, <laughs> was Nash Fouch, number four, the safety, incensed the entire Idaho State bench to the point that. A guy, I, I can't recall if it was a receiver that was on the play or just watching from the sideline, ran over and punched him in the face mask. I think he was watching from the And two refs are right there, and some of them both missed it. Um, and, and the play. because tweeted this out. And, and so it was because the Grizz uh, football account tweeted their, their highlight video, and the, the plays are back-to-back, I'm pretty sure. Nash, like, does this, like, grab the guy and flip him in the air and slam him on his side. And, um and the very next play was a sideline, and I can't remember who the corner was on the coverage, but it was, it was you know, it's kind of contested. Nash just comes in, player still, inbounds, doesn't lead with the helmet, completely legal, and just lights him up. And then that's the play. Nash stands up, and one of the guys, I think it was number zero, uh, comes over and, like, kind of hand hits, punches him in the mask, shoves him into a ref. I'm surprised they didn't get a flag. I'm actually – I if the Big Sky Conference doesn't come out and – Penalize um, him. Yeah, good luck. I know they won't, but I mean, it's like that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, how do no. you like? How do you let that fly? Yeah, like you're, you're kind of sending a weird yeah. message. Don't, but you know, Commissioner Tom doesn't give a fuck about Montana. So. <laughs> Those uh, that that Cal Poly secondary was so frustrated with our our defensive secondary, and I just love to see that kind of cocky mojo back. And I think Fouch kind of really led the way. Um. With his game, not just it, no cheap shots, nothing dirty, nothing like that, but just played super physical. He had a big hit late. Like that was another highlight one where it was like a quick little out to the slot receiver, tight end, and just boom, picks him up, drops him flat on his back. Um, legal, totally legal. Yep. Um, they were mad about that too. They were mad about that, but boy, he just had him mad. I loved it. That one where the number zero hits him in the mask. It was funny because it happened right in front of me. 
head coach Bo Baldwin grabs number zero. Like, you know, it would have been a horse collar penalty if it was on the field and drags him from the tunnel where the penalty occurred to the complete opposite side and, like, sits him down. (laughs) I was so pissed off at the kid. (laughs) I mean, the Grizz defense absolutely rattled this poly offense immediately. Um, It was a hell of a game for him. Uh, they they played great. The other guy that really I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe I I might ask Bobby this tomorrow night at QB Club. I think Jaden Dawson had the best game of his Grizz career. Hmm. All right. He's credited with two pass breakups. He got a tackle for a loss. He had a he had a couple near picks. Um, it appeared that Cal Poly wanted to go after number two in the game, and they had zero success against him. I think he had a great game, and he's had. Good games. He's had a little bit of eh kind of games. He's not had like what I'd call bad games, bad mm-hmm. games, but it feels like Cal Poly thought number two was their target in the secondary, and they had no luck against him. It was awesome to see because he came here as a transfer, the Idaho State kid, Juco. Here he's a redshirt senior. He was here for this year, this year only, and I thought he had a great game. Yeah. It was fun to watch him. You mean there's already a, uh, a history of guys leaving Idaho State and coming here? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, we've had it before. We've had another safety, Eric Stoll. Number four. Oh, right. That's right. Came here from Idaho State as well, too. And had a very successful career. It's really fascinating. These Idaho State kids, when they can link up with a, when they're talented, but they need a coaching staff to just help them, you know, <laughs> get over that hill and just play excellent football, it works out when they come to Montana. Interesting. Yeah, weird, right? Weird. Yeah, support. <laughs> All of the above. I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we blocked a punt. <laughs> That's right, we did. Yeah, we kind of got we our hand on it. We got it off and it went so, up, up high, one yard. This is hilarious. There's a guy that sits in front of me. Um, I feel bad. I don't know his name, and he's literally sat in front of me for at least five years. Um, he's the one guy that sits around me that I, I know I know his face, but I don't know his name. We had a punt early where Junior Bergen rolls over the would-be tackle. Oh, yes. How did we not talk about that? Yeah, never, never goes down. And is tackled at the line of scrimmage. That Idaho State. Uh, uh, oh, from Cal where Poly the line of scrimmage from where the Cal Poly had. Okay. So the guy, this guy's like, they should have just gone for it. Like, it, it, it's, you know, it doesn't make a difference. It's like, ha, ah, that's funny. Yeah. So we blocked that punt, and it's a one yard punt. And he turns around to me and he goes, that's better than the. <laughs> it's totally true. It's a one yard difference. They gained it, they got a yard positive. So, yeah. I, who got their hand on it? I didn't. I don't recall. I don't know. I couldn't. Even, I couldn't yeah. see it. It was yeah. kind of on it the other snow. side. Um, but that that play where Bergen <laughs> kind of cool. rolled off of him and had the awareness to just get up and keep going. Yeah. And you know, good on the refs because a lot of times refs make um, they blow their whistle on quick. assumption that this is going to happen. But I mean, they watched the whole thing and they reviewed it and they got it right. He was not down. Watch, not even close. Watching him do that is just one of those. I mean, watching all. Athletics. I mean, even probably some of the really fast kids on James's team might humble me at this moment. But if you were to watch me try to roll off the couch, <laughs> and then to see Bergen just kind of like barrel roll back onto his feet without touching the ground, I was like, "What an athlete! <laughs> My goodness, it's a, this kid is amazing." It takes me thirty six seconds and a lot of grunts to get off the, to roll off the couch. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Anyway, that was really cool. That, <laughs> that was yeah. my entire oh, point. It was, man. We're we're in we are in a fun era for our returners. Oh, um, 
we're also at the point Mary of the season Goldman. where I start to worry yeah. about who we're graduating, and I worry oh. about our corners. Obviously, we've got guys Justin I think should be able Justin to step Jayden. up behind him. Yeah. Ju- those guys are both seniors. Yeah, we got Corbin behind him. We got a couple of young guys, and then um, Gradney. Yeah. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Losing a talent like Justin Ford is irreplaceable, it's real. but we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Wellnell hops the screen, gets a pick. Yep. Levi Jancaro has another great game. Um, Dude's a baller. You know, like like I said earlier, like we saw some guys. I mean, Eli Alford gets a. F- of turnover on down sack where he just blows the lineup. Yeah, Luke's cousin. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, You're my boy, Eli. Alex Gubner just continues his dominance. It, it, it's it, it's fascinating because you don't see a lot of dominant defensive tackles at Montana. And Gubner I mean, was great, but so was Todd. Yeah, and D. Todd. Todd set the tone it. in the first series. He sure did. And he's been, like, dinged up in a couple games, mm-hmm. and it's just great to see him. Kind of seems uh, it just continued at it, but then we saw some guys that like we've not heard their names much. Like Garrett Husted had a tackle for a loss. Jacob McGowan, who was kind of a guy we were expecting to put a lot of stuff up this year, um, really you know not much, but uh, had a couple tackles, had a couple pressures. I think uh, you know some things like that as well too. Jace Klusiewicz, yeah, French Frenchtown and Sentinel. As I was reminded in the oh, game. Good point. <laughs> uh, you know, four tackles tied for yeah. yeah. So I think that, that <laughs> early in the game or last week, maybe at some point, the TV announcer said he was from Missoula Sentinel, and apparently the fans tweeted out and said he's from Frenchtown. But it's like I feel like kind of both the, the the you know he he to be at Sentinel he had to claim residency in the district. <laughs> we hard to argue he's from Frenchtown. <laughs> um, yeah, Braxton Hill leads the way with seven tackles. Um, inside track for probably number 37, as long as he's another class next year, right? What's it feels like feels like that. I mean, I mean, that would be a good choice. He is just taking over. Yeah. Man, so Anaconda kid, like, that'll go crazy. Oh, I'm going to try and... Try and steal back some of that beauty and a kind of how, turf for Montana. How many years does Jennifer have two more years in front of him? He's got one. I think he's only got one. Mm. Let me let me check. Let me check. Jennifer is a redshirt junior. Braxton Hill. He's a true sophomore, isn't he? No, he's a junior. Oh no, both Levi and Oh really? Both Levi and Braxton are gonna be seniors next year. Wow, oh, I that's Damn. a year older than I thought Braxton was. <laughs> so Levi Levi and Braxton are going to be our two starting linebackers. I don't know who the edge is going to be, but they're going to be the two guys in the middle of the field, I would just assume, right? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, assuming we run the same defense next year. Yeah, fair. We might we might move away from this six safety look. <laughs> well, uh, Eastern's O-line coach <laughs> pointed out that our defense is easy to figure oh, out. Oh, I want to tweet that out after the game. <laughs> I, like, Paul Wolf. Paul, hey, Paul. Did you guys figure it out, or was this text Coulter sent us? Was this a direct quote? Do you think, or let me find it. So while you're looking, one thing that I noticed is after the game, the handshake between Baldwin and House yeah. was long. Like they looked like we we're having a little friendly conversation, not like a negative one at all, but like, like job application was passed. I, I was just like, what, like you know, kind of saying like, hey, just come here. I'm probably going to leave soon. I'm making this up, guys. Don't read into that. You come be the OC for a year, you know, figure this out. (laughs) I mean, he just doesn't usually talk to the coaches that long. I'm so happy. I never thought about this, Michael, (laughs) but oh my gosh. (laughs) 
But Bob, Bobby <laughs> will chum it up with guys he knows he has complete ownership of. I mean, he's done that year, year in and year out. But isn't He'll that do it with Hawkins. He did it with uh, Jerry Glanville years to ago. kind of be like, I own Bo Baldwin when Bo Baldwin dominated the big sky just like Bobby did. But he's got to love that because Bo Baldwin. But you know what Bo Baldwin Mick has Delaney. that Bobby doesn't have? National title. National title. Yeah. So All right. Here, if that is really accurate, yeah. Here's the Paul Wolf quote. Montana runs what is akin to a triple option on defense. They dictate everything, and it's totally unorthodox, and you'll never see it any other time. But once you figure it out, once you figure out the keys and rules, it's not very complicated to attack. Cal Poly offensive line coach, Paul Wolf. Ooh. Not very difficult to attack. So when Bo comes to be our offensive coordinator next year, does Paul come to be our uh, line coach too? Or? You know, I'm, I'm guessing Paul probably figures some things out, but he certainly didn't pass those secrets on to the players yeah. on the field. Cal Poly, 192 yards of offense, nine punts, um, 24 minutes of possession, four for 16 on third down, 0 for 2 on fourth down. That equates to an average. Where is it per play? I don't even know. It's hiding from me. 2.9 yards per play. And that rushing game that your O-line coach should be so proud of, 42 yards, 1.6 yards per carry. It's not going to do it. I guess he didn't figure it out. <laughs> no, I was salty. I don't know. I was they thinking were, about it the whole way. They right? were a little bit chippy, too. I mean, they were, they, right? That hit on White when he was fielding the punt. Like, yeah, holy little... crap. And White was in the end zone uh, on that early pass, but whatever. Oh, well, the TV <laughs> angle was kind of like, see, his knee was down, but you really couldn't see where the ball was. Right. And it's another one of those where it's like, I thought if they didn't have indisputable evidence, you don't overturn the call. Yeah. But it kind of seemed like, well, we can't prove it for sure. And his knee was yeah. clearly down before the end zone. So Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I, I'd be fascinated. One thing, I, a comment talking about fielding punts. With that snow and those lights, I don't know how Keelan and Junior, and I know Drew fielded a few earlier. With, with that heaviest snow with the lights and everything, how you track the ball, I don't know. I've never had a circumstance or situation attempt that, but I I can't imagine how difficult that had to be. Right. I kind of thought there'd be more balls lost, more yeah. turnovers. Um, we well, did see some to... drops, yeah. you know, but yeah. all the drops went straight down. They didn't get bounced up in the air. Yep. Um, yep. On punts, there, we had a quote to the GFP uh, on Twitter, <laughs> uh, as pointed out, that uh, our punter, was just drinking hot cocoa on the sideline the whole game because he had zero punts. <laughs> we had we had no need to punt the whole game. No punts for Montana. No punts. None. That's a cool stat. None. Not one. It attributes. I mean, like you look at the stat line for Montana: fourteen of nineteen on third down, uh, one of three on one of three on fourth, uh, thirty-five and a half minutes of possession, uh, six hundred ninety-five total yards of offense, four twenty rushing, two eighty-three passing. There's, it's hard to find something to complain about. You know, a couple of Johnson's passes, the red zone pick, the end zone pick that shouldn't have been thrown. Yeah. Um, it's hard to nitpick, though. Uh, dominant performance. Almost 700 yards. They should have gone, they should have pushed over 700. Instead of had Britt kneel those few down, just do a couple more runs <laughs> and get that number. 
But yeah, but that's Bobby's mo. Like he'll the last drive of a blowout win like that, he yeah. often will kind of do a big play to get the first down, and then you're like, "Great, we're gonna." And then he just yeah, nope. It's like, <laughs> you gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, we gave up one long kick return. I guess I'm trying to find small details. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, what, yeah, what do you think uh, the place kicking game? Is what do you think the message is going to be at the at QB club? Uh, say the pit thing, like. Go Grizz slash QB Club. Go Grizz. Yeah. Go slash QB Club. <laughs> Sorry. It is, it is worth it. Uh, I'm sure the message is going to be, see, nothing was ever wrong, you drama queens. No, no. Come on. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these coaches are dumb. They're going to recognize the Cal Poly within. They may recognize it, but Buffy tries to push the message out there. Even within five minutes of clock, Cal Poly wanted no business to be playing in that snow, in that cold. They wanted to be on those warm buses. Right? There's that hilarious uh, post-game press where Lucas Johnson is like, I'm a Montana now. And they cut her to Braxton, and he's like, California kids get cold hands in the snow. And then he laughs at Lucas, and it's like a whole thing. <laughs> no, he, right? he looks over <laughs> <laughs> kind of puts his hands up. <laughs> that was really funny though, because Mark, like Lucas Johnson, was like, "That was my first time playing in the snow, and you know, I yeah. did it with no sleeves. I'm, I'm Montana tough now." Yeah. And then Bobby later is like, "You heard him. He's Montana now." That's right. <laughs> I, I would hope there would be some measured um, uh, response to not just be like, "Hey, we're back. Things are fine." All is well in the Grizz world because we the beat a team they should have beat. We kicked the shit out of a team that we should have kicked the shit out of. And looking forward, it should happen again on Saturday. Um, it will be a little bit of a different game because Eastern is more skilled than Cal Poly. But um, but yeah, so th- that's just the thing. It's like kind of like the way Mike opened. As soon as we start talking about this, like you really have to recognize that Cal Poly is a is just a bad team. I got a message from. Um, a Cal Poly fan uh, after the game, and he was like, this is one of the worst Cal Poly teams I've seen in my 15-plus years of covering, attributed to a lot of things, injuries, and just recognizing the season is over, and then the weather situation as well, too. Like, just kind of the perfect storm that these guys just, there wasn't a lot of dog in, in, in them that night. And I think the atmosphere, I think the crowd was great. I think the fans had a lot of fun. It was great. It was weird because the tailgates were kind of sparse. People people waited late. But then like, like, all of a sudden, like people the showed last, up. Like twenty minutes of the tailgate time, it felt like oh, this is there's a lot more people here. But like people waited to come. I mean, the UM announced we sold out for twenty five thousand. I think mm. there's closer to twenty two. You think less? I think twenty two, twenty three. Actually, I mean, I took a video late first panning across, and you could see the stadium lights reflecting off a lot of empty seat backs. Not a lot, more than normal. But we had way more than it I thought. It was more than I expected, which was great. People and it was a good against, crowd. It was fun. It was a fun crowd. Yeah, and that was the thing. Um, I was, because people before were like, oh, we're going to have like 12,000 people, and it's going to be like the Coastal Carolina game, and blah, blah, blah. Way more people showed up. I think they had a lot of fun, and I think as soon as halftime hit, a whole bunch of them said, I've seen enough. <laughs> I think a lot of people um, didn't realize that the snow was going to be that wet <laughs> because it was wet snow. I, I you know I was wearing uh I was wearing jeans which was a mistake 
um, had another layer on underneath, but that snow got through those jeans really fast. Yeah. That's why I put plastic poncho on. Nicely done. Keep my knees clean. <laughs> the funniest thing I saw, though, uh, so halftime cannon fires, which the cannon was all screwed up by the weather as well, too. We had like two cannon shots that was just smoke. Um, so I hear the halftime cannon. I get in, and it is 30 seconds into the start of the, the third quarter, and I, I come in through the north end zone, and so and my wife's trying to find hot cocoa. Maybe. Yeah, Stacy looked too. She couldn't find any. All sold out. Terrible move by. No, I shouldn't. It's not their fault. Maybe or maybe not. She had a small bottle of Rumble Mins hidden somewhere in this in an area that wasn't going to be frisked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we walk. So we come in through the north end zone. So you walk past the coffee cart that always just smells amazing on cold games, right? And then so we go up the steps because we're on the west side and we get up to the top and that top section over there, that is the what would equate to the what is it? The northwest section where the visitors are. And here comes the saddest looking Cal Poly fan I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I felt so bad for this guy. I'm going to guess family. I, I'm going to ballpark him like late 20s, early 30s. He's wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. And like tennis shoes. And he is soaked. And he's just hating life. And as I'm like walking up, like the grids are moving down the field, right? This is like the rise. (laughs) And it's just like, oh my God. I. I felt really bad for that guy because um, you could just tell he was just like, what? The, like, I'm glad these shoes breathe so well. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's like I came here to watch, you know, whatever, my a family member or whatever. Like, this is my one travel game and I'm soaking wet. I'm from central to southern California. It's cold out and I am completely not prepared for this. And we're getting our ass kicked. I felt bad for that guy. Yeah. Great night. So you had a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on that? Man, I don't know. That's all I got. It was fun. It was a blast. A lot of people talked about, like, maybe this is the game that gets her mojo back. What's the weather like next week? What's Just cold. Extended cloudy forecast? and cold. Yeah. Cloudy, yeah. 35 at kickoff, but I think. Eastern is not time. affected by cold. They play in the same shit as us. Yeah. Kind of. Eastern's right? affected by their coach who's, you know bad anyway let's talk about what happened in the big sky conference first before we you know move on great um davis crushed idaho state now davis has got you know their two hard games to finish the season if they win both of those they're seven and four getting in over a montana theme at seven and four just putting that out there yeah um idaho crushed eastern washington sac state 33 weber state 30 uh weber state scored late to make it look a little closer than it was weber state snapped another one into the end zone yeah uh, Montana State 41, Northern Arizona 38. Um, NAU yeah. passed for, as it loads, 459 yards in the game. Wow. Huh. RJ Martinez had 452, and whoever Xander Warmer is, he was one for two and threw a touchdown. I guess he's probably like a. Receiver or something. Nope. I don't know. All right. Uh, Portland State, 35. Northern Colorado, 21. Um, and then, of course, Montana and Cal Poly. I'm really quickly going to look at the Northern Colorado Portland State box score. Cause <laughs> I want to see how that uh, McCaffrey kid did. 28 yeah. for 47, 328 yards, and one touchdown. And two interceptions. Oh, whoops. Womp, womp. 
You know, the Weaver sack game was interesting. I predicted Weaver because I thought Weaver's defense would contain that sack offense. I watched the first half and just a little bit into the third quarter, and then it was time to hit the tailgates. Um, Sacks offense, man. They just, I think they predominantly had Asher O'Hara out there, number 10. Um, He started. I think he took every single snap the first two possessions. Interestingly, Sacramento State watched Weber State against the Cats and knew the right ways to attack them. Yeah, weird. In the running game, right? Weird. Weird. Um, I wonder if they've got two offensive and defensive analysts to help. (laughs) Um, Astro O'Hara had 25 carries and two touchdowns in the game. He also passed for a touchdown. Uh, He was 10 for 13 passing. I mean, they they like really leaned on O'Hara in the game. Um, Weaver had a couple of weird stuff. Yeah, they snapped a damn another ball into the end zone for a safety. Not the determining factor, but pretty damn close because it's two points and they lost by three. They scored a touchdown with like seven seconds to go to make it a three-point game. But, uh, yeah, um, I thought that Weaver defense would show up and play a little bit stronger. But as you're looking at it now, Sacramento State is 9-0, 6-0 in conference. Honestly... I would not be surprised if Sacramento wins out that they hop South Dakota State and they land the one seed in the playoffs. If they Ooh. do, though, I mean, they would have wins over Grizz, Idaho, Idaho, the Grizz, Weber, Weber, and Davis. And Davis. I mean, and Northern Iowa, and Northern Iowa. Like they, wow. they, they probably deserve and it. And Colorado State. Yeah, the South Dakota State Northern Iowa game was really close. Did you watch that at all? I, I was getting text about the end of it. South Dakota State misses a field goal, but you and I runs into the kicker. And it was kind of bogus. Honestly, for the Grizz, it's great. Yeah. Because you and I now got five losses. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, but it was super close. So. Yeah, yeah but I mean, um, SAC is well on their way to 9-0. At Portland, it's going to be tricky, especially on short, but short week. They should beat them. Don't look versus, now. Portland State three and three in conference, four and five overall. Hey, hey surging. Um, you but Portland State's defense isn't stopping that sack offense. I don't know. And then versus UC Davis to finish, but Davis has a good offense. I just don't know if their defense can hang. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Sac lands the one seed over South Coast State, especially South Coast State having a couple of kind of like the UNI game, a couple of closer ones. Um, Sac's only close games have been against ranked teams like us and Weber. Kind of a fascinating week, though. Yeah, Idaho just crushing Eastern. That that surprised me a little. I thought Eastern would have a little bit of fight in them. Hmm. But they didn't. We talked about Idaho State's coach. Yeah. Telling his whole team they're cut. Yeah. I mean, I think we're good. <laughs> um, Anything else around the conference? <laughs> no. What's, real quick, what are the other big set games this week? Uh, okay, so looking at this week, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit with James, right? So Sac State goes to Portland State. Portland State's four and five, three and three. I mean, Sac should win that game. Sac should absolutely win that game. I think it could be a pretty fascinating trap game, just because Sac's coming off of what two, three weeks in a row. Yep, and they've big got games, big and then another big game, game on the other end. Yep. Um, I don't know. It could be a textbook. And, and- yeah, and Portland State didn't really have a big challenge against but yeah, Northern but like, Colorado. They're home. But the trick is, is like 
Okay, so Portland, when they play ranked teams, Montana beat them 53-16, Weber beat them 42-7, Idaho beat them 56-21. Their wins are Northern Arizona, Lincoln of California, uh, Eastern <laughs> by three, Northern Colorado by 14. SAC should absolutely destroy them, but it does kind of feel like, I mean, it felt like last week the Cats should have destroyed NAU. Yet they didn't. They had to kick a field goal to win it. So, who knows. Um, NAU at UNC. Mike, you going to watch that one? Probably the whole thing. The whole thing. Kicks an hour before the Grizz game. NAU is going to win that game. Probably? Yeah. I think so. They'll probably pass all over them. I mean, NAU put up 38 points on the Cats, which says maybe more about the Cats than it does NAU. Yeah. But uh, I can't see it. I can't see Northern Colorado being able to keep up that offense. I know State goes to Weber State. Weber's going to get right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, and, Weber's got three home games in a row? Uh, I think so. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. Man, thanks, Commissioner Tom. Um, yeah, they went. Uh, they hosted Grizz, hosted SAC, hosted Idaho, and then they go to NAU. And that is Weber's season. I mean, they'll beat Idaho State. That puts them at 8-2. and two. And if they haven't already punched their ticket, that's ticket punched for them. UC Davis goes to Idaho. That's going to be a hell of a game. It's at 5 p.m. too, so the Grizz game should be over by then. I think that's going to be a good game. I think Idaho's going to get him. I think UC Davis has been beating up the bad teams on their schedule. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the same you know, critique can be given on the Grizz, but it doesn't make it any less true. So Davis has won four in a row. Here's the four teams they've beat. Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Idaho State. The four worst teams in the conference. They go at Idaho, at SAC to finish. Um, we'll talk about it in a minute here because I've done a little bit of looking at like what the playoff picture looks like. But obviously, if you want the Grizz playing in the postseason, but you're a little worried about that last game against the Cats, you want Idaho, you, you to, want Idaho to win. Why, Idaho to win this game or, or SAC to win the next. Yeah. Or both. Oh, yeah, fuck. Why not? Um, it is in Idaho. It does seem like the Vandals, but I, I really hope – Idaho markets this, pushes it big, gets a lot of people in there because it's a big game for them. What's fascinating is if Davis wins, both those teams are 6-4. and It'll knock Idaho out of the top 25, I think. Where are they right now? Now, obviously, we don't have the polls out right now, but right now they're 24th. Oh, they're 24th? I'm looking at the CBS Sports. I don't know if Oh, I think stats. the CBS sports, sports one is crap. Oh, it's coaches, coaches, coaches. Um, there's a guy that writes for CBS Sports that doesn't have the Grizz in the top 25. Yeah, fuck that guy. And I just, like, there's just, there aren't 25 teams that are better than the Grizz. I, it, that's such a stupid thing. So who reports stats? All right, where's stats? Oh, my God. These websites, man. Okay. Anyways. Um, cool. <laughs> Some versus sports simulator said Holy Cross is the number one team in the nation. <laughs> oh. Great. Let's send the Grizz to Holy Cross. Hell yeah. Uh, Idaho is 15th on NCAA.com. So they won't fall out of the top 25 with a loss. But the fascinating thing is, like, if Idaho loses to Davis, 
both those teams become bubble teams at six and four, right? Yes. Yes. Idaho's last game, we know Davis's is sack. And sack will probably be presumably be playing for the conference where Idaho goes to Idaho State, who they should absolutely beat. But I don't know. This could be that game for the Vandals. Like, your postseason's on the line. It seems kind of weird to say that, but. But it's true. You win, I mean, you beat, you win this one, you put Davis away, you push a bu- team off the bubble in the conference. The conference, one of the two conferences that has the most amount of bubble teams, you push Davis out, mm-hmm. and you probably lock yourself in. Because Idaho's not losing Idaho State. And then you finish 8-3. and three. Uh, I'm really interested to watch Idaho State. And if their if their team just quits, holy shit! Right, like if they just—I mean, they weren't probably going to win these last two games anyway. But are they going to throw an absolute goose egg up? I just can't understand that motivation factor of being like, "You're gone next year." By the way, we have to go to Weber and play the best defense in the conference. No, I, I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm going to study and make sure I get a good grade <laughs> right. for whatever institution I transfer to. <laughs> right? like, I need 12 credits to transfer to Montana. Um, <laughs> cats go to Cal Poly. Well, the Cats are going to win that cats game. Cats are going to win this game. <clears throat> yeah. Here's the interesting thing. Cal Poly, when it's not snowing, is a very good passing team. NAU... As we just talked about, passed all over them. It feels like a game where the Cats should absolutely figure their stuff out and completely put it to Cal Poly. Um, It'll just be interesting to see. Cats will win. The thing I'll just be interested in is if Cal Poly can hang around, if they can get their passing game going again. Cal Poly put up 21 against Sac State. They put up 29 against NAU and 31 against Idaho State. Cal Poly lost to NAU by three. Yeah. NAU lost to NSU by three. So. Cats by six. Yeah, maybe take the. Maybe take (laughs) Cal Poly in the points. God. No. No? I don't think Cal Poly has. We. I think the Grizz absolutely decimated their um, interest in playing any more football. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right, then we got Eastern comes to Montana, two and seven, Eastern Washington. You mentioned earlier they have just a horrendous rush defense. Yeah. So what else did you find out? So here's a couple quick things on Eastern Washington. So they uh, they beat Tennessee State uh, to start the season by seven. They then lost five in a row, but it was a really brutal schedule. At Oregon versus Cats, at Florida, at Weber versus Sac. Tough go. They beat Cal Poly by seven, and then they lost to Portland State by three, and then Idaho boat raised them. Mm-hmm. Um, Eastern's strength of schedule is dramatically stronger than Cal Poly's, but then when you put them statistically together, um, kind of. The similar, it's kind of similar. So Eastern's defense is giving up 523 yards per game. The only team in the conference that is worse than them is Cal Poly, who gives up like 527 yards per game. Eastern gives up 299 yards per game rushing. Um, 
absolute worst rush defense in the whole conference. So that's where Montana is going to make their money. I think we're going to see a lot more second half Montana against Cal Poly. I think we're going to see it the whole game against Eastern Washington. Has to be the plan. Run, 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 run. Just keep running, run the ball because Eastern has showed they cannot stop the run. Um, their pass defense is bad as well, too. They go up 225 per game. Um, yeah, their defense is really bad. Eastern, a lot of times, has not had a great defense, but they've not had a terrible defense. Um, I'm looking I'm looking at this Cal Poly Eastern game. Yeah. Eastern gave up 163 yards on the ground to Cal Poly <laughs> for yeah. an average of 5.4 yards oh, a rush. Damn. Yeah. Like, Poly's trash on the ground, yeah. They're trash on the ground, and they diced them. Eastern's offense is not great, but it's okay. Um, they're fourth best in the conference passing. They average 260 a game. Uh, Gunnar Talkington is their quarterback. He's a redshirt senior. He has been on their team for five years. I think he, like looking at his bio, he has been an academic all-conference player <laughs> his whole career. Um, he threw a touchdown in a in a either a semifinal or a national title game in one where they were kind of getting smashed. I mean, um, it's a, it's a, it's kind of an in-between year for Eastern, but their offense is a lot of what we typically expect in the Eastern Washington offense. They pass more than they run. They've got, uh, one, the fourth best overall offense in terms of yards. They pass for 260 a game. They rush for 125. They've got two tall receivers and they've got a little slot guy. That's a lot of trouble. Um, They've just had a bad run, and it seems like, especially when you look at that Portland State-Idaho game, maybe they've kind of, like Cal Poly, lost a little bit of their fight. Um, well, that and their coach is the most overrated coach in the Big Sky Conference. Oh, fascinating, Mike. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think he took over a Cadillac and had a great QB that I know he was apparently part of recruiting, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I don't... I don't think he's the same caliber as the guy who was in front of him. I also think that he was kind of a jerk during the Grizz playoff loss to JMU. And their players talked a lot of crap that week, and he seemed to encourage it. Yeah. I don't think our our guys are going to forget that. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, hell no. And that's, I mean, the one thing that will be interesting for this game in my opinion, is if you asked all of Eastern Washington who their rival is, it's not Portland State, it's not Idaho, it's us. Um, Cal Poly, I don't even know if they have enough of an identity to say we have a rival or one that's worth it at this point. So I think we're going to get a little more intensity out of Eastern Washington. I think Mike's point's really interesting. Um, Eastern's had a really kind of rough they've had a rough season and they've had some really rough PR they've got professors tweeting weekly about the football team should be <laughs> relegated to D2 or cancelled I mean <laughs> so they, they've got a lot of negative forces going against them um, 
Dude, could I, this be the game where they can like I don't know if Best can do this though, but Mike's point's really well taken. Like, could they say like this is the game to like springboard maybe do this for Coach Best. Be our rival. I know, I know. I actually I'm, just, I'm trying to like grab to some things that I think the, we're gonna see a more competitive Eastern team than we saw a more competitive poly team. Real quick, the the professors and the media, I mean it, it appears to be having an impact on the fans. Yeah, they yeah. Um, they only have about half the season tickets they had pre-COVID. Right. And, I mean, last year's Eastern team was pretty good. They didn't pop back. And they had a sellout streak, a real long one, and it's gone. Like, their attendance is way down. It'd be interesting. Do you know who was a grad, grad assistant there in their athletics department? It was Colson Randall. Really? Yeah. Oh, It'd be interesting to see if he like had any insights on, you know, just like the relations with the fans and the program. I was wondering because their athletics is so underwater. Uh, another, let's we're, we're all Grizz fans who are here or listen, but for the most part, you have there's some hate listeners. Look, I know, I know a cat fan that is. Um, an athletic trainer at Hellgate High School who oh. religiously <laughs> listens. I know this part too. Yes. <laughs> he has liked tweets of mine, and there's been confirmation that he's a loyal listener. Um, okay, so I was just thinking, good, good time to like say Grizz Athletics basically supports themselves. Sure. Like, you know, they don't, they don't receive a lot of general fund money. Not the case at Eastern. I was wondering if the Mountain West is looking for teams to backfill, would Eastern Washington try to be to move up, even if they'll get spanked, because the the TV deals will probably make their athletics department like break even. It's like a last gasp hope of like maybe if we move up, more people will think we're relevant here. Well, and just just a whatever one tenth share of the TV deal is enough money. I just don't think they can afford it. Like, yeah, I mean, they're in the red now. Oh, I don't know. I I realize they have to add scholarships and like it's tough, but I was like, man, there's so much more money at that level. I think they've got just too much going on where. They would be, would they be the first quote unquote directional school to join the. Yeah, there's no way that Eastern Washington's joining. The I'm trying to see what they're I don't mean to be. The, to money, see... the money would make sense for them, I think. There's no way they're getting invited to join the Mountain West. Yeah. I think if they came, I'd just be like, Mountain West would be like, no. They would have to add sports, would be the thing. Well, so would we. Oh my God. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to see what Eastern Washington's endowment was. <laughs> I click the link. On their website. <laughs> Listen, you can't I'm even sure give us great. money if you want to. <laughs> Kyler, buddy. Of all the websites. I tried to see work. where endowment is and it's not found. Dude. <laughs> but I'm just about to go back to this. Oh, okay. Here's August. Sixteen million. Nope, twenty nine million. Twenty nine. I don't know what that means, but it's not great. Hey, J-Man, who won the game? Kansas City. Kansas City? It was tied, right? 17-17? Yeah, they won in overtime. 
kicked a field goal. OT. Wow. I was playing against my dad, and my dad had Pat Mahomes. I know nobody cares about fantasy football. You did too? Yeah. Let's see. I love my team name. It's Turd Sandwich. Your name's Curtis. <sighs> Losing. Yep, I lost. No one. And look at this. He didn't even play a defensive player. Nobody cares about this point. He still has Duvernay. So I just need Devin Duvernay to lose seven fumbles tomorrow, and I'm fine. That can happen, right? No. No. Actually, Brent, you and I are matched up in one of those you're leagues. You're destroying me. Aren't no. You? <laughs> you're, you're up. I'm still projected to win. But you started Geno Smith at quarterback, and oh, yeah. he... Scored more points than Josh Allen. Barely. 5.7. Who won that game? What game? Seattle won. Seattle won. Seattle won. By 10. Buffalo lost to the Jets. Did they really? Yeah, they lost. Oh. That's the second like brutal loss the Buffalo has. So you have Alvin Kamara, Justin lost? Tucker. They Matt lost Devin the Devin second game okay. of the season, didn't they? Oh, yeah. No, third. Third? They lost to the Dolphins. <laughs> Fantasy football minute has brought yeah, you by. <laughs> awesome. Now um, you should probably go to bed, no. dude. It's ten. Brush o'clock. your teeth. Go to bed. Skip James, what's your favorite subject in school right now? Math. Math is your favorite. What are you doing in math? What's your math topics you're doing right now? Mostly, well, like, my computer website. Yeah. Well, is that like a freckle? No. No. It's like no. Ready. Okay. Times. Fractions. Nice. Hey, brush your teeth and come back out here so I know you did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Eastern? Do I have anything more on Eastern? Uh, Eastern Washington has another Our conversation about James's fourth grade math was James more interesting than uh, <laughs> Eastern Washington's endowment. <laughs> so uh, guess what? When we play Eastern Washington, their best receiver wears number one. Oh, just like Talolo Lima Jones did, just oh. like Gullery did. Just so uh, Freddie Robinson, seven twenty receiving. He is the fifth best receiver in the conference, statistically six two. Uh, they've got this guy we've seen for a couple years now, 89, Efton Chisholm. Uh, he's a punt returner, kick returner, slot receiver. He's got 540 this year and six touchdowns. Uh, they got another guy, number 17. He's a 6'2 kid, Dylan Ulm. Um, yeah, uh, a couple interesting things with the Eastern. I mean, like a big thing that's going to help the Grizz, Eastern gets yards. They give up way more yards than they get, but they, give, they get a lot. So this is going to be an interesting game where <sighs> Cal Poly is a good passing well, statistically puts up good numbers passing. Eastern is a team that, like, nothing is different from what they do offensively than we've seen years before. They just, Gunnar Talkington is not Eric Berrier. <laughs> you know, uh, it's hard to be that guy. Well, and they had Limu Jones. They had and, that Boston guy. Yeah, and so they're replacing a lot of receivers. So it, uh, Talkington, though, is a... Like I said, he's a redshirt senior, so they're going to be breaking a new QB next year. But um, they're going to get their 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 goal is going to be to get yards. They're going to test our receivers. They're going to test our safeties. We're going to see Eastern do. I I just imagine both times last year Eastern put up yards on this defense. So they 
I'm going to just guess that Coach Best and his team is going to say, we know how to get yards here. It's going to be, can we cash out in the red zone? And that's their big problem. Their running game isn't very good, doesn't have much of an identity. Uh, Talkington is not a rushing threat like Barrier and others have been. Um, the other fascinating thing, like I looked at this, their field goal unit is not good. Not good at all. Um, I don't have it in front of me now. I think one guy is like two for six and the other guy is like one for five. Uh, they make plenty of extra points uh, when they get in the end zone. But, uh, yeah, they – so it's kind of one of these things. It's a little bit of bend, don't break is going to be the, the recipe for the Grizz. But they're going to test our corners. We're going to see some tests, and they're going to test our safeties. They're going to attack that. Just expect it. I just think they, they know the recipe to get yards on us. It's just can they get in the end zone. And they're having a bad year, and there's nothing they want more than to knock Dude. the Grizz out of the And that's the thing. It's like this, this, the, this is their rivalry game. This is the, the way you can salvage a shit sandwich of a season would be to come into Missoula and beat the Grizz and probably, in their eyes, put us on the wrong side of a playoff bubble. Um, so they're gonna be, they're, I think they're going to play with far more intensity than we saw from Cal Poly. Far more. I also think Montana will as well, too. I just, What's I up, Huck? What's going on, buddy? It's really windy outside, and he's obviously... Uh, it's bothering you. He's, he's a little bit anxious. He's getting nervous. Like, Hold me, Brent. Oh, you're fine, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Grizz are going to whoop the shit out of him for a lot of reasons, but we're going to get up. We're going to pin our ear, ears back on D and come after their quarterback. And you remember how perfect... Barrier had to deliver the ball on a number of occasions, oh, yeah. like yep. just the tightest of windows with dudes right in his yep. grill. And this guy is this not Barrier. Sorry, yeah. sorry. This, I, I actually think our defense is going to come away with three picks. Like, and I just they're going to so, have to throw the ball. Here's the fascinating thing: yeah. Eastern Washington has a positive turnover margin. No kidding. Yeah, they're like plus four, plus five. <laughs> It was kind of one interesting thing that stood out to me was this is still that Eastern team that is a little opportunistic defensively, and they don't make, unlike Cal Poly that we saw, they don't make a lot of errors compared to other bad teams um, when it comes to giving the ball in. So I'd love it, but uh, unless if the weather conditions get really weird, I don't necessarily know if I see it personally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's going to be – I mean, they announced as we were leaving the Cal Poly game, there's a flyover plan. So, no surprise. Plan for a flyover. Get in early. It's senior day. Um, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Right now, not supposed to snow. I know it's Eastern, but I, I hope I would think and hope, especially after a big Cal Poly win, that uh, Chris Nation comes out in force uh, with that because I don't think so. But in theory, it could be the last time you see the Chris this year. I don't think that's the case, but yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm like pointing out the fact. I, I don't think well, if it's we don't happen. If they don't win on Saturday, it'll be the last time they, you see the Grizzlies. Well, no, year. technically no, but yeah, it's not going to help. But yeah, <laughs> it certainly <laughs> wouldn't, right? <laughs> 
Now, this Eastern game is going to be interesting. I think they're – I don't know. Will they play for the coach? Will they play for the rivalry? Or are they just done? They'll probably play for the coach, but he's, you know, blah. 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 He's a talker. <laughs> talker on Twitter. Those guys can't be trusted. God, that's right. <laughs> that's right. He was trash talking us yes. at James Madison. Yeah. After we beat him. I pulled up to Lolo Lima Jones' Twitter, and he wasn't. He hasn't been trashing on us at all this year. Uh, yeah, that's Eastern. That's what I've got on Eastern. I haven't done a full scouting on it. But, you know, I think, obviously, statistically, what this tells me is ground game, ball control, um, probably not, unless if they give it up, not a lot of quick scores. So could this be – good night, James. Could this be <laughs> – well, he's go to wait, wait, James, man. James, James, come back, James. I gotta see this, James. Stand up. Let's see your best gritty. You have a gritty dance, right? Can you do the gritty? Yeah. Let's see it. Oh, dude, that's How clean. Do you even know what that this is clean. Stuff is. But are you are you like are you up? You're like you're like low with the hands though. And that was like this week. You got like the point. Any point? Bam, bam, down, bam. All right. <laughs> Practice it, dude. Brent Brent keeps us young. <laughs> That's pretty clean. I give that a s- eight out of ten. That's a nice gritty, dude. You know where you can practice gritty? Bed. <laughs> Good night, dude. Love you. <laughs> oh stop, my lord! Stop! 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 Did you encourage him. <laughs> That's amazing. Um. What a goober. I love it. He's definitely dancing in the hallway. This kid is great. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, right. This just feels like a game to me that they're going to be like, Lucas, throw the ball 10 times. Chris, hand off the ball 15 times. Daniel, come in in the fourth quarter. It'll be a wild man. I mean, that'd be fun. Um, I, I, I just cool. hope they put him away. And I feel like. I don't. We talked about this last week. I don't think this Grizz team has ever quit. I think the players no, have been frustrated, always. but there's been no quit, and they know what's in front of them. Yeah, like they know they need to win this game. Absolutely. Um, I think we win it by at least four touchdowns. I'm with you. I All think right. so too. I. It could be just one of these ones. I just I would hate for this to fall into this like Bobby Hauk trap of. I shouldn't say Hauk. I should say offense trap of running the ball is the only way to win this game. I don't care if it's ugly and it's 14 to seven at the half and 28 to 14 in the mid fourth. And we went at 35 to 14 or 28 to 17. And we just kind of feel blah based upon the way the Grizz put it to Cal Poly. I wouldn't expect that, but I also wouldn't be surprised by some just kind of lackluster, bleh kind of game where, like the Idaho State game, the Grizz kind of know that we've got them or we're just going to do enough and we'll cruise along. I hope that's not the case. We've talked about this enough. Like, it, it, it's, it's such a razor-thin margin for Montana with their goals for postseason that you want to kick the shit out of these guys. Like, big numbers are going to help. Um so I'd hope they just kind of keep it rolling. But it's it's a worry that sits in the back of my brain. And Eastern, 
has a better propensity to score in the passing game than a Cal Poly did. Is my guess. That's fair. I think that's a good assessment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what I got on Eastern. Whew. Well, are we time for questions? I think I think we are. I have nothing to add on Eastern. So, one quick thing that I started looking at. Um, who can do the best Jim Mora playoffs impersonation? Oh, my goodness. Why don't look at me? Playoffs. I just feel like that's something you can Playoffs. You talking about playoffs? <laughs> practice. We talking about practice. Oh, you just moved AI. I wow. did because there's... There's a few iconic moments in press conferences, and those two have two of them. Playoffs. Um, <laughs> you know who could probably give us a good version of this is James. Yeah, go get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started looking at, uh, quickly, mm. at the playoff picture. Yeah. We had a lot of help this last week. We're going to get a lot more help this week as, as long as Montana beats Eastern Washington. Um Northern Iowa loses to South Dakota State. Helps us. Big time. Drops them to five losses. Uh, South Dakota State misses a field goal, but UNI roughs the kicker. South Dakota State makes the next kick. UNI is now five and five, or six and five, or one of those. No, they're not six and five. They're probably five and five. Um, looking around this, it, it's it's fascinating. We've got a few things kind of going on conference-wide. Um, if Idaho beats Davis, Davis is done. That helps us big time. Uh, if Davis beats Idaho, uh, that makes things a little murky. The Southland has kind of some weird stuff going on. You know who's undefeated in the Southland? Um, Northwestern State, right? Northwestern State. <laughs> Who we destroy? Northwestern State is four and five, but they're four and zero oh in conference. Um, Incarnate Word, who's in the top ten, is nine and one, but they're four and one because they've lost to Southeastern Louisiana. Northwestern State plays both Incarnate Word and Southeastern Louisiana the next two weeks. See, but this is what just drives me nuts. Like I was saying that I, I saw one of those. What's the Facebook group like FCS Fans Nation yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Like one of the vo- one of the guys who has a vote in one of the polls this week just find not having Montana in it. Yeah. And they yeah. find ways to pump up all these teams. And it's like those conferences are a joke. Yeah. So this kind of interesting things look around. So the the A Sun, I don't even know what A Sun stands for. Uh, but them and the WAC send one. Um A Sun has a whole bunch of ineligible teams, <laughs> as does the WAC. So uh, they'll send somebody. Obviously, Big Sky. Uh, Big Sky is absolutely positioned to send the most amount of teams right now. Uh, Big South, North Carolina, A and T, or Gardner Webb. They both meet in two weeks. Whoever wins that game goes. Colonial has seven teams that can make it, but all of them are like seven and two or six and three. So. It's going to be really annoying if the committee gives the Colonial historical benefit of the doubt because Ugh. almost all the good teams of recent history are gone. Yeah. And like I saw somebody on Twitter talking to one of the national writers and talking about how the CAA dominates the big sky. And it's like, no, they don't. James Madison's gone, guys. Like yeah. everybody who dominated anybody is gone. Yeah. 
So William and Mary is the best team in that conference. They got eight wins, right? Big Sky, we got two teams with nine. Um, the fascinating thing about the CAA, all these teams with seven and six wins Please. play each other in the next two weeks. So there's going to be some attrition there rapidly. Interesting. Uh, Missouri Valley, all of a sudden, for you know, continually producing the national champion, they got you've got South Dakota State who's in already. Yep. Lock. North Dakota State, I would say, is in is in for sure as well too. Beyond that, everyone else has six wins. North Dakota, Youngstown State, and Southern Illinois. They're all six and three or six and four. You so and I a five handful five. of those teams are going to get eight. <clears throat> no, they got two left. Oh, yeah, a, a few could get to two. A few could get to eight. You and I can only get to seven. Seven. Uh, no, you have one more left. They're five and five. They can only get to six and five. Um, Northeastern Conference, uh, St. Francis. I saw Sam Herter today tweeting about St. Francis could – outbid somebody and get a first round game good for them um actually st francis has already locked their bid up merrimack can win the conference but merrimack is ineligible that conference (laughs) (laughs) stupid um the ovc that's a ohio valley right uh southeastern missouri and ut martin but ut martin lost so right now ut martin's five and four but this last week they're ranked 15th so it'll be interesting to see if they hang into the top twenty-five at five and four, or Simo seven and two. Um, here's the crazy thing: this conference has six teams. Guess who doesn't play each other? UT Martin and, C- and Simo. Oh, what? So this is going to be like the Big Sky teams. Conference. <laughs> but there's six teams. How, how on earth? I, I, let me just double check this. But it was uh, it was the craziest thing. I was like, why don't they play each other? It's not that big of a conference. They don't play each other. I don't know. So, obviously, um, and both teams play cellar dwellers the last two weeks. Uh, it would be – I don't know how you could argue that a 7-4 and four UT Martin with no good wins and three bad losses against unranked teams could hop in over a 7-win Big Sky team, whoever that 7-win Big Sky team is. Well, and we unless some East Coast voters are in love with UT Martin, um, you just never know. The Patriot League Holy Cross is undefeated, but it's the Patriot League. I don't know. Um, but this is where it's like: Are they going to give these conferences stupid extra bids? Well, and Patriots going to grab one because Fordham is ranked 18th in the nation. They're seven and two. Fordham is one of the teams that this guy pointed out the Grizz couldn't beat. Could not. Could not. Oh fuck that. Yeah. Um. Yes, Pioneer. We got the Southern Conference. Uh, Samford leads in the SoCon. Um, Mercer, Furman, Chattanooga. Uh, but everybody plays everybody again. So the SoCon and the CAA are gonna just decimate each other. Um. Yeah, in the whack. I don't know. ACU maybe, but they. But A Sun's gonna send somebody. Who knows? But uh, when I look at it though, so you've got eleven automatic qualifiers and thirteen auto bids. Um, it's hard to look that far forward. If the Grizz take care of business against Eastern Washington or seven and four, there's going to be just because of the amount of top twenty-five matchups this next week. The Grizzlies should kind of hop into that eleven to t- ten, eleven, twelve type of range, and then you go on the road of the Cats. So I can I can see it in two different ways. Grizz went against the Cats. 
could propel him to a seed. Maybe eight. Maybe. It's hard to imagine a three-loss team as an eight seed, but that would be three losses against ranked teams going to the playoffs. Two without your starting quarterback. Without your starting quarterback. So hard to imagine. Probably just a, you know, in in for sure. Lock in. Beat the Cats. Beat Eastern. Beat the Cats. Playing here Thanksgiving. And you were here. Absolutely. 100%. Grizz out bid. They're not sending us on the road. Don't worry. We have a home game. Mike has to figure out his plane tickets. <laughs> it's very um, stressful. Could, But, like, I look at this enough where it's like, there's enough of these teams where it's like, you know, eight and three with a top five road win in the last game of the season. Um, boy, I could see Montana landing a seat if there's enough craziness. Uh, with this William and Mary and Samford and Chattanooga and Mercer and Furman and these guys, um, I can see it. I, you know, um, the other hand, on the other hand, a seven and four if the Grizz have a seven and four with an Eastern win and a Cat loss. Again, with enough churn, there's a couple oddities, like Montana over a Mercer, but you've got eleven teams. And so what you've got to hope for is some of these ones, um, I don't know, Fordham. I don't know what you do with them. They're probably in anyways. But just some, a little bit of this weirdness in the Southland and, and some of the CAA. I, I On the surface, I, I think a 7-4 Montana team is in. All right. I, I, I don't know. Of all the bubble teams, they have to be the strongest of the bubbles. Like if we, if we lose to the Cats... I don't even want to, you know, manifest this. Sure. Well, I mean, it depends on what bubble teams. Because, like, Sac State or UC Davis at 7-4, and four, if they get there, would be a stronger bubble team. Absolutely. UC Davis at 7-4 is in because they have two oh, ranked team wins. Did they almost guess. beat ranked teams with their backup beat, quarterback? <laughs> yeah. But they beat two ranked teams <laughs> where we didn't beat any. Oh. I just, I mean, as a gambler. It doesn't matter because we're going to beat Eastern Washington and we're going to beat the Cats. So it's fine. Bam. But let's clip that. <laughs> That's what I like. So many clips. Right, Michael? You want that one clipped. Yeah, stop, stop, let's go. Oh my God. So many notes. Um, <laughs> Making so much work for Brent. I only clip one, and I got I got three in this. Damn it. Um, okay. No, but, I mean, it, it's fascinating because I was talking about this tailgate as well, too. It's like you hate to, like, manifest and project that scenario, 7-4 and four Grizz, but it's like, okay, Tell me about the four losses. At this point, what we know is three of the four were one-score losses, two of three on the road, those two all against top, two top five, one top five, one top ten, one top 15, all ranked teams, two effectively without your starting quarterback. Yeah. Like, tell me who you'd rather play. Yeah. And you that's see Davis or the Grizz when the Grizz are healthy. Like, and that, I mean, and that's like, Davis. so there, there's like some of these things like this is going to be the fascinating thing to watch. So let's have the Grizz first and foremost, take care of business, beat the damn Eagles. Then let's see what happens with UC Davis at Idaho. Cause if Davis drops that, if Idaho beats them, Davis is gone. Uh, and then you get these games where like, I don't have it in front of me, but it's like New Hampshire plays Delaware and, um, you know, North Dakota plays somebody. And so you, you just kind of get all these all these ones in the mix where 
um, you're going to have a couple teams wash out. And it's going to give the Grizz kind of that chance just notch up a little bit and kind of cement your place, um, kind of push a couple of these bubble teams off, and make sure that you don't have one an oddity, a Northwestern state beat Incarnate Worth, right? Like push these guys out so well, you're not, right? It's not going to happen. But, you know, it's like, I guess we're especially in that damn conference where stuff has happened. But so it's just like make sure that like the teams that are on that inside track to win the conference do. And I think, I don't know, um, this time next week it's going to be fascinating because if the favorite teams um, can push out some of these contenders and Grizz can handle business, I don't know. A seven wins, I'm not going to say lock, but I'm going to feel pretty damn good. Now, if you got a lot of weird stuff, Northwestern State beats Incarnate Word. Um, some of these teams ranked 20-plus win a game or two. Um, then it's going to get a little weird. Okay. So, yeah, southeastern Louisiana, Villanova, and eastern Kentucky. You and I. Uh, Austin P. Like, if those guys win a game, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to get tougher. I like the notion that... We go on the road to beat the Cats and get a seed. I think it could happen. Because I the committee respects. Because they're going to be a high... I mean, that's going to be a high-ranked team for a win. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to... Yeah. I love it. My God, all my notes. How many things I got a clip here? Oh, my God. All right. So that's my super brief, kind of random look at the playoffs. Um... You kind of kick yourself on that Idaho loss because <laughs> it's like a win out is a seed for sure if the Grizz beat Idaho or any of the three. If they beat Zach, if they beat Weaver mm-hmm. and drop the other two. Like, not not just like a, oh, maybe, but like a four or five or something like a, a, a good seed to maybe get you a couple home games. And that's the big bummer. And there's some people I think that point that out in some of our questions. It's just like, that game last night just showed the advantage and the fun that can happen in that stadium as the weather turns. Like, it's just, it's a special spot. Yeah. And especially our defense, man. They get up to that crowd. Dude. They get up. Dude. Yeah. All right. Well, are we okay. ready to transition to questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. Mike, you ready? No. No. Let me oh. know when you're ready. I'm ready. He's Fine. ready. He's ready. I was being sarcastic. Mike's I know, I know. Ready. just need to get more water. I've got this tickle in my throat. Okay, let's start with Twitter. Monty is my hero asks, why does the Grizz fan pod team seem to give so much more slack to Coach Baldwin than to Coach McCaffrey? Seems like Cal Poly and Northern Colorado are both in the same place. Somebody, I will not say who, replied with the Grizz fan pod account and said, because Bo Baldwin doesn't have half of his family on the roster or a coaching staff <laughs> and a starting QB with a smiley face. Where Monty's My Hero said, Baldwin also has a successful tra- track record as a college coach, but the poly team we saw last night was really bad. You, you, you talk like you are concerned about some of the content coming out on the Grizz fan no! Twitter account. No, I totally There is an issue, Grizz. Let's... Let's get it on the table. Yeah, Luke, damn it. Listen. <laughs> Look off the GFP Twitter. I don't know if I can still get access to it, and it's probably for the better. 
I'll bet you can get our guess our password in a couple of tries. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I loved the response, by the way. <laughs> it's true. Though I mean, their coach is their big, biggest donor. Yeah. Right? Baldwin? No. McCaffrey. McCaffrey, McCaffrey? right? Probably. Isn't he their Probably. biggest donor? Donor? I don't know. Didn't he donate the field? Shit, did he? I think he... That'd be hilarious. We kind of picked on Baldwin earlier. I mean, like... Should we make John Edwards' dad our head coach next? <laughs> Listen, I if I <laughs> if I would have won the Powerball, I would you know I would have been. This is a Nobody I, won the Powerball. Yeah, get your so case. it's a gate. Another is it a week? tomorrow? One point nine million. It's, it'll Billion. be drawn over to tomorrow Wednesday. Tomorrow. tomorrow, Monday. So I can I go to a gas station buy a Powerball ticket. Do it. I always said that the lottery is a tax on people who can't do math. Um. <laughs> can't win if you don't try. But if I won the Powerball, um, we'd have some NIL <laughs> five-star elites on this squad. Oh man, everyone would be driving F-150s. I'd go sit. Uh, I'd go Citizens United, buy some politicians. You'd buy a car dealership so you could give everybody an NIL car. <laughs> exactly. Right. I would yeah. straight up like fund like the le- most legit practice facility. There are so many things the I've spent that practice. money on in this town before it would be Grizzly Athletics. Look, Mike, you would have seven. Tell me, Mike, what's your top you, two if you could? I, you know, I think that there's some great programs, a lot of local nonprofits that could use some real good funding. Agreed. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Anyway, Silence Orta asks us. And then I want a med school at the university, <laughs> yes, so I've got the priorities. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Salasorta asks, how do your opinions of the Weber State and Sac State games change after watching Lucas Johnson's performance last night? I mean, th- my opinions are if we had better QB play, we win those games. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. No. I think it's just clear that Lucas Johnson controls this offense and does a good job. <clears throat> Kenley Bruster. I think he's got a couple here. Uh, let's see. Are you afraid of Idaho, Sac, or Weber more in the playoffs, assuming we get there? To be perfectly honest, I'm the most afraid of Idaho. Oh, I'm more afraid of Sac. Really? Just a goofy-ass offense. I think we just have – it's too tr- tr- I think too tricky. The odds of us seeing Sac in the playoffs are incredibly low because they're going to lose their first game anyway. <laughs> I mean, they, they have first, first game playoff loss written all over them. God. Asher O'Hare is going to jump himself into a concussion. Sorry, that's not nice. Um, a sprained ankle. Uh, okay, Kenley also asks, uh, Cal Poly is really bad. What is the correct balance between the Grizz have found some things with run game, route creativity, O-line play, and Cal Poly just being a dumpster fire? It's hard to say. I think our O-line is still... Uh, Weak, yeah, and against a better defensive front, you know, a lot of stuff changes. You yeah. rely a lot on your, your QB, but I think we said it at the top, Brent. Every box we needed to tick last week was ticked, yeah. So, you know, you beat the team they put in front of you, and we beat the hell out of them. Yeah. So, let's go. Next, next one up, yep. Okay. Uh, we're going to hit number three here. Uh, Adam Clinch has a couple questions. 
Uh, if the Grizz went out, what are we thinking of an outside chance of an eighth seed? Like I kind of said. I think you touched on it. I think, I think it's decent. Depends on how others do. Uh, thoughts on suiting Eli Gilman, especially if Xavier Harris is out? Mm. Um, we already uh, discussed that as well, yes, but we um, I'm, I'm all for it. How obvious is it to everyone else that Britt should be number two? Mike. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. No, I'm not. Luke. Where's James? Get James up. Well, I, it's again, I think I said this. It, it's not obvious to me. We don't have a big enough sample size, I think, to assess Brit. Um, but what I mean, we do know for sure is that we've seen enough of Brown, I yeah. think. We, we know what he is. And I'm not saying we've seen enough of him. Like, we don't have to see any more of him. Right, right. I got you. But I think, I mean, someone, I saw a tweet that talked about Britt and said that uh, he looks like, he look, He played like a guy that had something to prove. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lynn Solomon asked us about the Idaho State coach's comments. Um, we've touched on those, I do believe. Matt Colby, rank the running back room. Osmo really showed out, and Knight seems to have lost a step since the injuries. This is Matt Colby's tweet. Uh, he's been a Harris fan. It feels like Bergen should get more runs out of the backfield. Childs even showed up. Ooh, well, Osmo prohibitive number one. Yeah, after that game? Yeah. I think it's hard to argue that. It's impossible I've, to. I, I really struggle where to place Knight because you. it's like you can't assess him without the injury risk, right? Like, sure. And maybe he's dinged up again. That's tough to say. No. And so, if it feels like we're, we could either say, when everyone's healthy, but that's just not the reality. Right. Like, right. Who knows if Knight will even play next week? Uh, knocking on wood here, that we see him. But I mean, your hope is that against the Eastern team, if Knight's dinged up, give him the week to rest. I'm also really high on Harris. He's a different kind of back than Osmo and Knight. Absolutely. Change of pace. Yeah. And then I think somewhere in there is Childs is below those th- yeah. three. And, uh, I mean, circling back, it would be nice to see Gilman, especially if we got a couple guys a little dinged up that maybe need some rest for this Eastern game. Perfect game to get him some touches. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, just a lot of like Childs and Gilman. Yeah. Against Eastern, be great. I'm but, down. Yeah. But again, I think there's also that continuity keeping your your main guys going. You know, fair. Uh, okay, Monty's my hero's got a comment. I'm gonna come back to that. Um, up with Montana boys. Was it just him, or did Nick Osmo look like Chase Reynolds running out there last night? <laughs> Culture Nuana says, "Oh my God, no." He, his head might have just exploded. Someone should go check. He looked like, and so, I mean, is, we, should, we were trolling Coulter Duanas in a text chain, and we shared something along these lines, and he was like, Chase Reynolds, oh my God, you know, like, Nick's great, but blah, blah, blah. You can't compare Chase Reynolds. And so I hopped in, and I said, yeah, you're right. He looks more like Lex Hilliard. <laughs> Thanks for the comparison, Coulter. No, I mean, look, Cal Poly's tackling was atrocious. Osmo had a career day, but it was fun to see somebody finishing runs, not falling on the first oh tackle. God. Like it was just so fun. Great. 
does it replicate against better teams? Who knows? But that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy it. Yeah. John Connor, uh, two questions. Is beating a 1-7 team at Washington Grizzly in a blizzard just bomb for the fans and an ego boost for the team or foreshadow playoff success? Did we really prove anything? Point two, Daniel Britt, future starter or just destined to be a number two behind another FBS drop down? Hi, neighbor. Um, I think maybe a little bit of both. I mean, they did what they needed to do against a one and seven team, and yes. it kind of reminded them that they are good at football and significantly better than the bottom of the league. Um, as far as proving anything, that comes in two weeks. Right now, it's take care of business, yeah. and they haven't proven the things they need to prove against the teams they need to prove it with. So, I think I, I think they proved something in the sense that like. They could have kind of just had a ho hum game, an uninspired, iffy twenty eight seven type of game, but they didn't. Where Mike, you talked about earlier, where the team just like like the bond is tight, they still believe a lot. I think that game kind of showed it, in my opinion. Yeah, um, Daniel Britt, future starter, just destined to be number two behind another FBS drop down. Um, frustratingly, to Luke's point, we don't know, and. It's clear we're not going to know, which means more transfers to come. Yes. And I just – the way that we develop quarterbacks, I mean, I don't see what's going to change. But, like, how are these? How are we ever going to know if these guys are good enough if we don't ever let them play? Mm. I am excited to see more Brit. I do know that. Yeah. All right. It's four. Johnny Metropolis, uh, do you think this team has forgotten about the shit tweets from Eastern players? Thank you, Johnny. I hope not. James Madison game. I I'm gonna go back and find him. Do you know who the coach is? Do you? He has a son on the defense. Oh my god! Right. The Hawks are not gonna let this team forget about the shit talking. Right. It probably came up in the locker room Saturday night. Had to. Like, yeah. I. This is. There are going to be some hits. Hey, guys, be careful on the targeting next week. Please. We're going to watch you versus. Or get them in the first half. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert Strosall kind of pointed out if he's, he's not quite on the hype train with this win, how about us? I think we've touched on that enough. I mean, we're good things, but I think we're taking a measured response to this, right? Yep. Justin Martinko. Granted, Cal Poly is terrible. And it was garbage time. <laughs> I should have pre-read most of these. Uh, with what you saw at the offense, I think it's clear they are a lot more dynamic with Johnson and Britt taking snaps. Thank you, Justin. Mike's not here to comment on it. There's an over. Mike's not in the room. There's an over/under bet on five times that Mike gets into a Brit conversation. So we're at four. Uh, David Coy. <laughs> With the circulating picture of the guy that can't shovel straight, one of them was Chuck Mays, and watching a couple of others about die while shoveling the lines last night, I wanted to know if you shovel your driveway yourself, or if you use a snowblower, if you pay a company, or if you make James do it. Um, I generally have a snowblower, though James helps shovel. I have like a mile of sidewalk. You're on a corner lot. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Like a peninsula corner lot. Yeah, you're on a big one. 
I'll tell you what, if I won that Powerball, if I win that Powerball tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to have heated sidewalks <laughs> I have religiously shoveled my driveway and then I was watching the, you got these videos that you're just pushing a snowblower around and I have a neighbor on the other side of me has a snowblower so we get the big heavy snows which we had a few last yeah, year yeah. Um, and he does the whole block the guy's a saint but I got a big I got a driveway and because um, I got too much garbage in my garage, so my wife gets the garage and I park outside. Um, I use a snowblower. I'm an electric snowblower. That's the interesting thing. Uh, snowblower talk. It doesn't get down to the concrete, right? I mean, it, it leaves like a layer. It depends on what snowblower you're using. Like mine uh, gets pretty good down to the concrete, but if it gets too down to the concrete, it like catches on everything. So there's like a trade-off. Okay. Cause I was like the first time I busted mine out, it's got like a little flash, I had a little headlight on it. It was badass. Like I got my whole driveway and sidewalk done, and I like went up and down. And I got a neighbor two doors over. He, he's moved now, but eighty-six year old guy, and I always get his driveway for him too. Um, and but it leaves it, mine always leaves like a layer. But I have a battery pack operated snowblower, so maybe it's just I got the weak snowblower. She followed it up with a blowtorch. <laughs> Melting, melting off that final layer. Random real estate story. I showed a house. I, there was a house listed years ago at Patty Canyon that has like a quarter mile driveway. Mm -hmm. And there is electric coils laid in the whole driveway. I, 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 this house was for sale. I want to say like 05, 06, 07. It might have come up again. I, I can't recall. At that point. They pulled. It was for. It, they listed the electric bills, <laughs> and it was like six hundred dollars a month in December, January, and February, and this was like fifteen plus years ago. Ooh, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Do you, well, just think. What are you going to pay someone to plow it? <laughs> oh man, right? Yeah, I mean, you might you might spend you'd spend more, wouldn't you? Probably depending. Yeah, and especially Patty Canyon because it's like. You heavy trees, like you don't have a lot of direct sunlight. So yeah, yeah good point, good point. Uh, props to the guys shelling though. Chuck was out there doing it. I wonder if my guy Zach was doing it too. But there was definitely there was the guys with the two handed shovels. And Chuck was one of them, and they were flying. And there was two people that had the little single handle straight edge shovels. And one of them was having a rough, <laughs> rough night. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, John Thomas is just pointing out that um, the way the Grizz played last night, what's our confidence in the brawl? Pretty clear if the Grizz had Johnson. Um, it, it, the Grizz are a one-loss team with a healthy Johnson. The brawl is looking less daunting in his eyes after yesterday. That's accurate because the Grizz are going to win the brawl. There you go. Uh, Rack of Tits 69 is wondering if Johnson played the whole game. <laughs> oh, my God. He, I'm just, you're just saying this is Twitter a Twitter user. handle. ROT I feel worse about that username <laughs> than I do about me dropping the F-bomb earlier. Like, hey, your mom's not listening anymore. Um, all right. He was funny if Johnson played the whole night. No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> Eric Witz. Can we get more snow games? Uh, he's pretty sure Mike has a snow guy. Uh, but on a serious note, did you guys stay the whole game? 
Uh, was this one of the best weather games of all time, other than maybe App State? Let's say, you guys, or do you have any other favorites? App State. App State was yeah. so great. I think that the weather games that have been in the playoffs, which makes sense because they're later in the year, sure. will always hold a little bit of a higher rank. Um, but this was a lot of fun. I, God, it was awesome. more fun than I expected it to be. Yeah. And then someone, and he also pointed out the one person with their shovel lines. Way off. <laughs> a little squiggly. Where Chuck Mays, I mean, props to Chuck. This guy is an associate athletic director. He's cutting circles at the extra point lines and the kickoff lines. Yep. Both sides of the field. Good for him. Um, I will say that, like, it being a night game, like, it was pretty Twitter prop popular. Like, yeah, going, there were a lot of big, like, blue check mark accounts. You know, we're not in the buy the blue check mark yet. No, no, so, yeah. like, like the athletic college football. I mean, a lot of people were like snow game, and, and it's yeah. because it's on ESPN Plus. It was easy for people to find. Yeah, and like the big FBS games were afternoon games. They were all over and got some good attention. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Donovan's asking us if um, any doubt that Osmo will be running back RB one for the rest of the season. Uh, what is your prediction for his end of your? Oh, excuse me, rushing stats. Uh, with NAU putting up monster passing yards against the Cats, how do you feel about the upcoming matchup if Lucas is healthy? I mean, I have all kinds of doubt if he'll be RB1 because that's not how Bobby <laughs> Howe determines depth charts. Right. Um, uh, what do I think his stats will be? I mean, what is the... I was going to say, I need to know what his stats are I was trying to see. Now. He's, I mean, af- after a 200... 200- plus yard game he has to be our leading rusher right i mean one would think stats montana let's go go come on let's go go grizz.com what are you doing all right there we go individual Um. rushing leaders nick osmo 575 558 yards an average of 5.3 per carry and four touchdowns, 62 yards per game. Second is Marcus Knight with 292 with an average of four yards per carry, also four touchdowns. Third, X Harris, 260. Fourth, Lucas Johnson. Touchdown leader is Lucas Johnson with seven rushing TDs. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. John Vell. If we are trying to get California viewership up as a leak by making our games kickoffs against those teams later, why wouldn't we make the night games in September to increase actual attendance, not just, quote, sold, end quote, attendance? Um, my understanding is that the person responsible for the night game being in November is Bobby Houck. So who do we play in November next year? Sacramento State <laughs> in Missoula. So... Ladies and gentlemen, book your night game <laughs> for Sac State. We could do more than one. Like, those early season games should be night games. But we don't like night games, Mike. No, no, no. Let's see. Let me just pull it. Uh, oh, man. Clicked away. 23, schedule, Grizz, Sac State, November 4th. Embrace it. That's right. your night game. Okay. Uh, huh, got a couple new ones rolling. Let's see. Um, 
Ford 61 Tom says, I didn't realize how much I missed a dominating run game. Do you think we can keep up against Eastern and marginally so against the neighbors? Do you think Sack or the Cats have a better defense? I think we, right, we're going to keep up against Ooh. Eastern. We're, yeah, I th- I actually think Sack's defense might be better than the Cats this year. They are, absolutely. Statistically, at least. Yeah. They, they'll play tougher against us than probably Sack played against us just because the intensity of the rivalry game, right? Yeah. Um, if you pull up Big Sky Conference stats, defensively, uh, scoring, Sac State is fourth, allowing 22.5. Montana State is sixth. Allowing 28.1. If you specifically drill it down to rushing, Sac State is second best at 117 per game, where MSU is fifth at 137 per game. Um, obviously, your big difference is when it comes to passing defense. MSU allows 233 per game, although Sac's worse, 250 per game. So you know, a little bit of a balance, but yeah. Okay, uh, Caden Sukit asks, what is your drink of choice to keep you warm in a snow game? Um, I'm not a big drink to keep warm guy. Yeah, you're, yeah. Um, I had some fireball shots in the tailgate, though. Same. I, I like some whiskey. Yeah. One of the things about cold games is that the cold is a diuretic, and it makes you have to pee more. And so yeah. if I'm, like, crushing, like, lager... Something, right? Yeah. I'm just going to have to pee. Even more. I've got real... Like, I have really small bladder issues. I pee constantly. You you guys probably hear me pee six times a night at the GFP. That's just me getting up and down, just just taking some surreptitious pee. Giving you a run for your money today, but I my nose. But I like something that's going to, like, make my belly feel warm and low volume. Yeah. Yeah. Whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey's the go-to. Fireball, fireball on a cold day is just something else, though. It's great <laughs> stuff. Had a big old bottle at the tailgate. It went fast. It was very popular. Caden uh, also asks, what are the three keys in your mind for this Grizz team to make a deep playoff run? Deep playoff run. Lucas Johnson staying healthy. Bigo. And the defense playing the way they're capable of playing. Pat O'Connell coming back. Pat O'Connell coming back. And and Rosie being diverse in offensive play calling. Okay. <clears throat> Luke, anything to add? No. Good. Uh, let's see. Thomas Dennis. All right. Um, okay, I'm just going to read this. I don't know if this tweet necessarily makes a lot of sense to me. To what level do you think the coaching staff believe things like, it, quote, Illinois State is a good football team, end quote. They are no better than Idaho State. Is a false belief going to cost our ability to reach potential? Example, Brown is good enough to be Weaver. Reality says 25% chance. I wonder if he, they're just thinking like, that question, that tweet's kind of weird. I'm trying to like interpret that. Is it? Is he saying like, is like coach speak stubbornness like, Brown, 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 brown. Like, is that going to cost us? Sure, maybe. Could be. I don't really understand the question. Illinois State is five and four. I mean, I don't know. <sighs> All right, Thomas. Give us some more. 
direct question. Uh, Silvertip Nation, with a Grizz win, and now I am not in so much of a dark place as I was for the weekends <laughs> in the month of October. I can ask the real important questions. Who is the strongest GFP member, and how much could each of you bench, squat, and deadlift in your prime? Um, Luke is the strongest GFP member, and I don't remember, but I know Luke uh, could do all of those at larger weights than I could. Yeah, I, I concede. I don't. I don't know Luke. I don't know Luke's weight training acumen, but it's got to be. I don't know. Look at those arms. I don't know yeah, what the numbers were, but I guess I probably lifted more than these two in my prime. <laughs> I'm not sure. As a high school golfer, I did not have to bench or squat. Yeah. Um, I think my I actually did not do any weight training in high school, and I picked it up uh, in my um, mid-30s. So I think my best squat was about 275. And that was about it. Yeah. Bench was bad. Just couldn't get it going. Uh, Silver Tip Nation. Uh, even if Britt doesn't have a good feel in the total offense, why wasn't he in there against Weber with our game plan? Being perfectly tailored to his specific skill set. It really feels like we tried a square block into a round hole approach with Brown in that game. Silver Tip adds he would like Mike to specifically comment on this tweet. Is this a setup? Yeah, it is. It is definitely no, it is. set up. Yeah, uh, you can't leave me that way. We've already talked about this. Yeah, we have. Okay, um, Montana Grizz Foam Finger asks us, if you could pick a Big Sky team to rematch in the playoffs, who would it be? I mean, I'd, I'd love to get any of them, frankly. I want I'd Idaho. love to beat them. I want Idaho because I think we are so much better in Idaho. We just played such a bad game. I have a question. If we play Idaho in the playoffs and win, do we get this Brownstein back? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Let's get it back. Get it back. Montana Thumbfinger also asks, if you could pick one former Grizz player to add to this team, who would it be? You should have added a caveat, right? Like the like easy answer is like Dave Dickinson. I was going to say, right? that, you know, Brian Ott, Dave Dickinson. Right. Oh, man, that's a good question. Okay, outside of quarterback. I think it's – I think I'm going to pick – Thatcher Zelay. I'm gonna mm. pick, or I'm gonna pay. I'm he gonna was p- a guard, wasn't he, for the Grizz, or was he a tackle? He was a guard. I think he was a guard, or I'm I'm gonna pick an O lineman, like, like one of our going. best O linemen, like a Corey like a Proctor, Le- Levi Horn, Levi Horn, right? Like someone just a badass, someone really good. Um, because I think that Lucas Johnson is good enough at quarterback for. If when this team gets on a roll, we could beat anybody. Like the value of Dave Dickinson is obviously incredible. Oh, for sure. High. Yeah. Just incredibly high. But you could like improve at another position by a larger percentage. Yeah. I'm trying to think outside of the box. Like what a what a Mark Mariani mm. on this team. Like Junior Bergen and Mark Mariani. And Malik Flowers. I don't know. What do you think about, uh, like, a Dan Carpenter? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. Right? Like, just get a kid. Give me Money Macias. Yeah, Money That's who Macias. I want. I want Money Macias on this team. <laughs> Sorry, Nico. No, Nico's fine. He just can't kick in the snow. It's, it's okay. 
I shouldn't say that. My anxiety level with, you know, like some of our better kickers would be just dramatically reduced. I've never felt so confident about a kicker making a kick from Macias at the end of last year than anybody ever (laughs) over Dan Carpenter, Chris Hepner, Chris Snyder, any of those guys. It's just crazy. Uh, uh, Yeah. Okay. uh, Hopping over to Egress. I didn't recall this play, so maybe you guys do. Depoir Grizz says, I saw a play at the end of the half. It was very odd. The O-line appeared to block momentarily before releasing, and then we threw the ball behind them with blockers in the front. What witchcraft was this, and why don't we do it more? I didn't see I don't know. I don't recall this, and I was in the whole, yeah. I'll have to go check. Right before half, he said? That's what he says. All right. All right, we'll tweet about it. Um... Alabama Grizzlies just asking about if Davis wins out and beats Sacramento, if Idaho beats the Bengals, and if we went out, does the Big Sky get six teams into the playoffs? That might be a tough call. It's a stretch, but honestly, what that's going to happen is that's going to – but, I mean, if the Grizz – does he say if Grizz went out? Idaho wins out. I mean, if the Grizz went out, they're 8-3 and three with a win over the Cats. They're in. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some tough decisions if a seven-win Davis, seven-win Sack, who have strong, credible wins. Well, but Sack's going to be a drop in a Davis game. But I think you're going to have a hard time arguing against any of those teams for a playoff field. I think this is something that comes back to the decision makers and the poll voters mostly being East Coast, someone's not going to be happy, mm-hmm. is my concern. And the 6-5 and five you and I is going to get in over somebody. God. Um, Soldier Grizz. Has the committee historically weighted good wins late in the season for playoff selection? Yes. Yes, they have. Mm-hmm. They've said that. They pay attention that's, to that's streaks. That's been the argument too. when you and I's gotten in. Yep. Uh, he also has to, we've talked about this a bit, but Grizz went out, chance of a seed scale of one to no chance, ten to all day long. I think I like six, 6.5, 7. If they win out, yeah. It depends. Um, also wondering, what is the over-under if the Grizz score 39.5 against Eastern, right? So 40 points or more. What's your over-under? Uh, over. Mm. Over. I think so, too. Because I think that there's a chance that Eastern scores two or three touchdowns, so I feel like they're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wolf777 says, Given LJ's importance to this team's success, I want to hear your offensive game plan for beating the Eagles and keeping Lucas healthy for the brawl the following week. The only caveat is Mike's plan can't include Daniel Britt in any way. Damn! I can't make a plan with the QBs without... Including the second best QB on the team? All right, there's five. <laughs> Jesus. You know, he brought it up. That was a question. No, no, no. It's taunting. The game plan is, <laughs> lock, is, a, is a Malik touchdown and some defensive <laughs> scores. I, I think he makes a bit of a point, and I think we saw it in the Cal Poly where there definitely was not importance on making Johnson as much of a rushing threat. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Granted, plans have gone, a while, gone awry. Um, hopefully it'd be more of the same, but obviously you have to anticipate that Eastern's going to expect that as well. So we'll just have to see. I would hope that 
Lucas is not taking a lot of unnecessary shots as a ball carrier. Flathead Grizz is wondering if we have any word on Pat O'Connell's injury. Will he be ready for Eastern? And any word on Knight's injury? So we talked about that. We saw a Knight family member tweeting no, small, minimal concern. Pat O'Connell, I have no clue. We talked about this a little bit. But honestly, I mean, the Grizz defense kind of showed, while he is one of our most important defenders this last game and maybe this next game, we don't need him. And so if he's a 50-50 guy, I'd rather I'd rather we had a much more rested, full-strength pat for Cats than we did for Eastern. Mm-hmm. But I hope I'm not sitting here gosh, just writing this game off and then Eastern comes in and shocks us, right? Yeah. Every, every now and again you hear rumors about a player's condition. I don't think – I can speak for myself. I don't think we really go probing for that kind of information. Sure. I haven't heard a word about O'Connell, so who knows? I didn't, I didn't even look for him in the sidelines. I didn't think about it. I, I don't think he was suited up. Well, I don't think he was suited up. No. Uh, let's see. Flag Grizz also points out cats have played two heated games. Heated. Temperature heated. Uh, NAU Cal Poly before the brawl. Whereas the Grizz will played in two games in the elements in cold weather before. Does that give us an advantage? Being used to playing in the cold, mm. they're gonna MSU's gonna practice in the cold. They've yeah. been practicing in the cold, and those guys played in cold playoff games last year. Like, and it, it's also the brawl, like the the oh. emotion, the energy is gonna, gonna be so it. high. Are you gonna feel that cold even? No, no. Number fifteen fan wonders if we're gonna see Brit in any game designed runs or change of pace plays. I mean, probably not if things are going according to plan because he's not really a huge change of pace from Johnson as far as being able to run. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be okay with it. But, okay. Yeah. Iowa Grizz has two questions. Um, in the future, when Britt is quarterback, <laughs> can Brent talk about Britt without confusing himself or others? Have I confused him? I don't think so. All right, whatever. Will it sound like Brent is always talking in the first person? Yes. What about the first beer over under before someone on the GFP confuses Brit and Brent's names during the discussions? I could see it happening. <clears throat> sure. GFP. One, should... one thing is, I always want to call him Kenny Brit. Me too. Right. That's yeah. the more likely one. I call him Kenny Brit all the time. <laughs> I have had to Google him just to make sure I got his name right a few times. Um, yeah. What was everyone's nicknames in high school or college? I've been the Nuge. That's just Nuge. Yeah. Some people called me Keystone for a while. <laughs> 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 Including my Mike's oh, father. <laughs> oh my god. I like it. People just call me B for short. Uh okay. Um Mike, I see you give me the Are you, are you playing the wrap it up music? We're two hours 40. Um, You're probably fine. All right, Grizz Iron. I'm going to start to simplify some questions here. <laughs> this is a question, so please don't nobody take this personally. Could the real reason why the Grizzlies' October troubles be <laughs> Missoulian reporter Lucas Sem? He started covering the Grizz for the ISU game, which was probably the worst performance to date. 
than the three straight losses. He did not cover the Cal Poly game. I'm just saying. I guess we'll know Saturday when he's back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, conning a Nick uh, Harm says conning a nickname Brammer the Hammer dude straight up crushes defenders I like it love it she says she's getting NIL from uh, Home Depot from Home Depot or We're maybe ready. Ace Hardware let's go let's let's keep it a little local huh um, Chris Turd great name uh, play calling was much was much more diverse and flowed better than previous games. He's asking, is Brown that bad? Do yeah. they have completely new to the yeah. offense when he's a QB? Did we learn anything from Britt? Mop-up duty and Bab- Cal Poly was immediately. It's clear that Brown is a different style. Absolutely. That's We've the big that repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everett Grizz. Maybe you guys can help me that, with this. Mayhem or Dr. Rich? I don't even know what the hell that is. Well, it was aimed at James anyway. He says, don't be like your parents. Is Dr. Rich the um, the guy who does the commercials where they're like literally don't be like your parents it must be because that's an insurance company one too so how did james know that or maybe that's at us i don't know man i have no idea that's a whiff everett whoa he's wondering if sour beers are putrid i can actually have a good sour once in a while god i've never had a good one it's an acquired taste i think are you an ipa guy no god no we can no, still be friends. I'm an IP guy. We can still be friends. Uh, I know you Except fit, you on fit the mold. Sunday night. 75%, <laughs> 75% of Azula's IPAs fans. So. It's sometimes hard to find non-IPA beers. You roll into some of these breweries. They're like, we have 15 beers on tap and 12 are IPAs. Right? Like, fuck. <laughs> uh, okay. Rats of Butte is uh, wondering if we've got any recruiting insight. Um we had a lot of recruits at the game. That's a fascinating point. I have no clue on the inside of recruiting. I did notice we had a lot of kids there tweeting like, hey, thanks for having me. I saw a lot of likes, saw a lot of retweets. One hell of a game to have a lot of recruits at. Absolutely. Great game. Great game. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it's been awful quiet. And maybe some of the people who usually follow the recruiting Twitter stuff just aren't following quite as closely, but we're not even seeing retweets lately. Like, Bobby said at QB Club a while ago that they were kind of going to be quiet for a while, so maybe they are. I don't know. We don't have a large graduating class, so, yeah. And then the last one, as we had pointed out, Grizzard number one points out, Rohrbach needed a cup of hot cocoa last night with some laughing emojis because kid had zero plays, which is great. Right. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I love that we got him. I love right. that we didn't have to use him. They should let him try a field goal. <laughs> Kicker and a punter in high school. Why not? Hey, why not? We had uh, the other kid. Uh, what was it Casper kick a few? Kicked an extra point, right? Yep. So, um, I don't know. I don't think I got anything else. I don't have anything else. Was that from Egris too? That was Egris. I hopped over there. Um, I mean, there was a lot of stuff tweeted at us after the game, but kind of covered in the, along these topics. So. I, I was I was pointing out that uh, I totally butchered Cody Hartsock's last name, Grizz player. Do you know, but it sounds the, like it happens a lot. One so. of the funnier um, <laughs> Twitter interactions this week was somebody pointing out that we all called Iowa or Northern Iowa's coach Chris Farley, and his name is not. I don't. I couldn't tell you what his first name is. But it's like something Farley. <laughs> we both were like Chris, Chris Farley. Yeah, is that Mike? Fairly? Is it F A R? Yeah, and it's not Chris, it's something else. Mark. Mark. 
that's close. <laughs> so, you know, there's your Twitter correction for the week. <laughs> there we go. Brent, anything else from you? I am good. Real good. I'm good, man. Right. Hey, basketball starts this week. Support your Grizz and Lady Grizz. With we got that. A volleyball game against the Cats on Friday. And volleyball is doing awesome. Best so, best record, best start or whatever in 20 years. I'm so excited for uh, Coach Lawrence. She's like a great human. I've awesome. heard that from several people. Yeah. Maybe we should put her on our, our you know, almost mythical list of interviews we should <laughs> yeah. get. Should we interview her first or President Bodner first? Or the soccer coach. Probably one of the coaches. <laughs> or Kent, you know, before he goes to Utah State. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Twitter. You don't apply for these things. Your name gets put out. It's yeah, important for people to know. If we get the soccer coach on, so if we get the soccer coach on, are you going to talk to him about his his depth, not the goalie? I like have no concerns about the soccer like, program. Okay, okay. This is you just wants to find problem. out what they have on the bench in terms of a goalie. Yeah. No, I'm I'm good at the goalie. <laughs> but do we have depth? <laughs> do we have depth? We'll find out. <laughs> and who can Mike cheer for? That's a backup. I like it. All right. Go Grizz. Fight on.